Hello there, my name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 62 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, curry. Have you guys ever uh, eaten curry? Oh, I good. love curry. Dude, I haven't. I, like, I've only started eating curry within the last month and a half, and it's my new <laughs> obsession. <laughs> Curry's so good. Uh, last, it all stemmed from Persona. Last week, Allison and I ordered curry four, three out of four days in a row. <laughs> we ordered, <laughs> ordered it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then we made curry on Sunday. Nice. I made I made Sojiro's curry from Persona 5 this past weekend. It was really good. Uh with with Persona 5 Strikers, I think it was in Japan or something. They some copies, physical copies came with a instruction and ingredient list on how to make Sojiro's curry. So, I am now obsessed with curry. Curry's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's my new favorite thing. Andrew wouldn't try my Sojiro's curry. Oh, yeah, that sounds really good. Shoved a spoon at my face. I didn't. I was like, "Here, do you want to try this?" I didn't shove. And a you spoon inserted in. the spoon in my vicinity. <laughs> Insert. That's a band name. <laughs> Insert the spoon in my in vicinity. It's <laughs> <laughs> two band names. Um. So yeah, curry's phenomenal. You should all eat curry all the time. Three out of every four days, you should be eating curry. <laughs> And video games. Joining me this week, we have Adam. Hello. Derek. Hello. And Andrew. I've eaten 40 curries in 30 days. You don't even eat curry. The day of reckoning is upon us. Uh, <laughs> all right. Is that the, uh, the I've eaten 40 pizzas guy? Yes. <laughs> Papa John. Papa John himself. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Welcome to the Game Sharks podcast. Uh, we got some news that we're going to talk about. A couple excitement, uh, excitement, exciting things. Uh, more Switch Pro rumors that we're going to hash out as yeah. as we do. Uh, no emails this week, so we're just going to get right into the news. Actually, our main topic for today, we're going to be talking about uh, the best and worst stories in video games, according to us, or some of the favorites and least favorites that we have played ourselves. So look forward to that later. Andrew, did you just finish a bottle of watermelon Mountain Dew and just open another one immediately after? I'll never tell. We can see you. We have cameras now. <laughs> we just watched you do it. All oh, right. oh. Yeah, there he goes. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's start with how we've been starting out now, which is with our quick time events. These are quick news things that we're not going to discuss for very long. Just kind of bring up, say, ha ha or Huzzah, or oh no, and then move on with our lives. Terraria is coming oh to no. Stadia. <laughs> oh no. Terraria <laughs> is coming to Stadia after all. Uh, I think we reported on this a couple weeks ago saying that the guy who was ma- working on Terraria for Stadia couldn't get into his Google account. So he's like, all right, screw you guys. I'm not making the game for your platform. Uh, but turns out. Just kidding. He got it all squared away, and he's continuing to work on the game. So I think it's actually that the rest of the team was like, no, no, we're going to release it. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? I, I think so. Uh, I didn't actually read it. I just read the headline because quick time events. <laughs> oh, no, but the guy did restore access to his accounts. So. Okay, that's what I figured would have happened. That's good. That's it was good. just a long con to get past the Google security questions. <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter Rise is going to be coming to PC in 2022. All right, nice, nice. Mm. 
Um, yeah, nothing huge there. Just cool. My brother uh, texted me the other day. Hold on. Let me look up exactly what he said. He watched the the Monster Hunter movie. That came out? Oh. Yeah, yeah apparently. Out? Yeah, it was really, really bad. Oh, that's probably why I didn't hear He about. said, I watched the movie and it was dumb fun. Oh, one of those movies. Yeah, so like... It... I believe IGN gave it a 3 out of 10. Ugh. That, uh, that could, be, that oh could no. still mean fun, though. Yeah, he, he could... used the word fun, Derek, which surprised listen, me. We have established that the IGN scale... Uh, one through four mean the same thing, and that's bad. It means don't watch it. Uh, yeah, the fact that he used the word fun was surprising to me. So he may write a review for the site about it, which would be, be I think, really cool. I, I think we would all enjoy reading that quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is in PS Plus for the month of March. However, if you get that version, you cannot upgrade it to the PS5 version later in the year. Um, I don't think this is as much of kind of a negative as people are seeing because if you weren't gonna, if you hadn't played Final Fantasy VII Remake up until this point, uh, you don't care enough about it to want a free, if you're getting it for free to get the upgrade to the PS5 version, you know, you're not super invested at this point. Yeah. So it's like, only... oh, I'm going to take it for free anyways. Yeah. So. If you're only playing it because it's free, then what do you care? Exactly. However, counterpoint, uh, I have... Uh, a friend with a similar mindset about this with persona five. And that is that they chose to play persona five. Uh, firstly, based on a recommendation over Royal, uh, someone recommended that to them. Yes. Apparently several people, which beside what? the, beside the point that is nonsense. However, uh, because it's in the PlayStation five, P- the PS plus collection, since persona five base is free, I can understand wanting to play that instead of royal which is 60 dollars uh so i have a friend who who made that decision you know yeah i think it's a bad decision but i i agree so anyways if you have not played playstation or uh final fantasy 7 remake it and you have ps plus it's gonna be free starting now please play it it's incredible our game of the year last year very very good video game and then if you like it enough and want to play the the yuffie stuff then just buy the game. I'm sure you can find it on a sale at some point in the upcoming months. You still have to pay for for Intergrade though, if you get the plus version. Yeah, uh, Intergrade is just the PS5 version, and then the Yuffie DLC is a separate thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like the the Spider-Man Remastered whole thing. Yeah. Like you didn't get Spider-Man Remastered if you had a Spider-Man on PS4. You had to get Miles Morales on PS5 or whatever. E3 has announced... Actually, E3 didn't announce this. The city of Los Angeles has uh, put out a statement or like um, a document listing all the events that are coming up in the city. And it has revealed that E3 is going to not happen as a live event this year. It's going to be all digital again. I don't think anyone is super shocked by this, but, you know, it's a thing. I was under the impression that it was all digital already. I uh, didn't even know that there was going to be a live event. I don't think they had it confirmed anywhere that they I were going to we do all, that. I think it was all speculated, but now yeah, it's we like all official. suspected it. But yeah, not not a real shocker there, given the current state of things. Isn't isn't Los Angeles still uh, not doing so hot on that front? Mm. I don't think anybody is in the <laughs> no, United but like, States. In in the grand scale of things, Los Angeles is on the the worst end of it. 
I would bet. Yeah. Uh, lastly, for quick time events, we ha- got the Pyra slash Mithra Sakurai presents video today, where they broke down the two, where he broke down the two characters and how they play. And right. we got oh. the announcement that they're coming out today. I'm as we're done recording, the patch will probably go live. Yeah. So I didn't get to watch it. My only question: Are they broken? Yep. They <laughs> seem pretty bonkers. The only downside appears to be that they don't have a good recovery. Think like Smash 4 or Cloud. Uh, ah, okay. His recovery is better because he could hold on to limit forever. Uh, so think of the like... recovery is still decent, though. It's okay. Pyra's, Pyra in particular, her recovery is straight up bad. Mithra's is okay. Yeah. It's hard to get a, a good like indication of how well they're going to play without physically having them in our hands yet. You know, all we've had to go on is Sakurai's footage and it's noticeable from the Sakurai presentations that he plays the game a little bit differently than Jeff and I do, you know, so he's not necessarily showcasing the character through a competitive lens where like, you know, watching some pros reactions to the presentation and seeing them say like, Oh, this is probably, you know, frame three. It's like, we don't know yet. So we'll find out. We'll find out today. A lot of the pros uh, watching the initial stuff is like this character has potential to be top three or the best character in the game so we'll see what happens oh, damn. uh i just looked yeah. up on the smash Bros. subreddit server maintenance is happening at 7 45 today which is much earlier than it usually is it's usually more so like 9 p.m for us but so that's exciting cool yeah take that excited for that we're gonna be playing those characters tomorrow for sure new main we'll see what happens <laughs> see how you do against my sephiroth Andrew spends all lunch just complaining about how Sephiroth is broken and not how great I am at Sephiroth. It hurts my <laughs> Those two sentiments are interwoven, Jeff. I know you're good at Sephiroth. It's just really annoying. Stop. <laughs> stop, stop being good? Yes. Catch up, bro. I spent hey, a year, year and a half being worse at this game than you. Uh, isn't that the golden rule of gaming? The character is broken unless you're the one playing it. Then it's skill. Yes. Correct. <laughs> It's only uh, fun when you're playing it. <laughs> That's pretty much half of what we say when we play League. No, Jeff and I take turns absolutely clowning on each other. It's pretty funny. Was it today or yesterday that we we got like three or four separate three stocks during our lunch? I think it was yesterday, but yeah. But yeah, it's pretty nuts. Anyways, let's move on to the actual full news for the week. Uh, I don't know who shared this. Is this you, Andrew? I just found out as we were loading up for the podcast that valve has decided to end artifact which was their dota card game similar to uh what happened to anthem last week they had said don't worry version 2.0 is gonna come we're gonna (laughs) rehaul the whole game it's gonna be great don't worry and then several months go by and they're like yeah by the way we we're done with this game we we're we're done it's not gonna exist anymore couldn't make it good yeah um from what i heard from artifact i never played it myself but the gameplay was pretty good but the the economy and the way you obtained cards was atrocious and i think that's a large part of why people stopped playing it and then it was too difficult to get them back because i think did runeterra come out after artifact initially launched yeah yeah so now everyone's just playing that and runeterra just had a big update it added a whole new region 
Yeah, we just got and the like, Sharima. It's like eight or ten new champions across all the regions. So, like, a huge dump of new cards just came out uh, in Runeterra. So, it's it's hard for Artifact. It's hard to see a path for Artifact Artifact to come back and succeed after it it flopped so hard in the beginning, you know? Yeah, apparently that's yeah. what they thought, too, since it's now gone. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, hate, hate to see a game die. It's a shame because... I never got a chance to play it, but uh, Andrew Garfield doesn't make bad games, from what I can tell. Every game that he's ever made that I've played is pretty decent. But what seems to happen is he comes into places, helps create and develop systems and games, and then leaves. And then the people he leaves the game to just don't take care of it or don't do a good job monetizing it. Like he like, also like the made... last Airbender creators. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> um, what's the the card game? Uh, that he made recently, Keyforge, Key, where yes. each each deck is procedurally generated and it's unique, and you can't mix and match cards. You like buy a a deck of it's like forty cards, and that is that mm-hmm. deck, and it has a unique symbol and name on the back, and it's a cool idea. And then just I haven't heard anything about it since it came out. Um, so, but he's the legend who created Magic: The Gathering, so you know he can do whatever he wants, and we'll have infinite money. Yeah. Yep, Artifact's dead. I'm sorry to anyone out there who doesn't hey, play it. His name is Richard Garfield, by the way, not Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield is the guy who plays Spider-Man, isn't he? Yeah. Thank you for correcting me, because I sound like a total idiot just now. Wow. You see, the thing uh, is, I did not question you. I knew, you I knew it was so Garfield. Sure it. Andrew Garfield. I, it was I like, didn't it doubt you for a second. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it's close enough. Sure, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Thank you, Derek. Uh, sorry, Richard Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm reading a stat here. Apparently, within two months of launching, Artifact lost 95% of its players. Oh, so ow, that's rough. Just like Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, I really haven't heard anything about that in a while. Well, they got cyber attacked, and the patch got delayed. Oh yeah, there's nobody's that. Nobody's playing it. Even Dante's not playing it, and he loved that game more than anyone. Oh. <laughs> All right, Rest Derek. Tell us about Elden Ring. What the hell is going on? I keep hearing weird rumors and all this stuff happening about Elden Ring. Give yeah. us the breakdown. So that uh, like last week, uh, it all this information just started like pouring out, and I think it started with um, that there was gonna like someone said that there, like there's gonna be this Microsoft event at the end of March to match like the nintendo direct and then the state of play kind of thing yeah but it's not even confirmed i think that like people are speculating that they're having an event but they're speculating that it's going to be like a gaming event which it might not actually be a gaming event it's it's kind of a weird like i don't think that anything's been confirmed but anyway i thought i saw that microsoft came out and said that there is no event like it's not happening i thought i heard that somewhere recently that that might be that might be true Microsoft GM uh, of marketing Aaron Greenberg subsequently said that that is not happening. Yeah, like it was like a leaked document, and so people started just like going mad with speculation, and uh, some of it was like that. That was when they were going to announce like Starfield, like that. that you know, the Bethesda games were all caught up in it. But so the speculation started with, oh, like this is going to be the Elden Ring reveal and then someone tweeted and confirmed and said no like elden ring will not be at this event 
and then a trailer got leaked that was i think after like it was like i saw like six different leaks that were like six different pieces of the trailer and then someone like managed to edit all six pieces together and like upscale it to like new uh to, to be like a full trailer and then like more information came out that said this is actually a trailer from an internal trailer from 2019 and that like all this footage is like really old but then jason schreier came out and said actually there oh before that the, someone found a trade trademark for bandai namco next which w people are expecting is bandai namco's version of the Nintendo Direct, whatever, and Bandai Namco is a publisher of the Souls games. Publisher? Okay. The, yeah, I, I think they own from or publish for from, whatever. So people are expecting, oh, it's going to be part of this thing. And then Jason Schreier tweeted that there's actually... Does, did he tweet that there was a trailer incoming? Uh, it was like information overload. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So Jason Stry had, had apparently said that there was going to be information revealed about the game soon. And then once this trailer started surfacing, Jason was like, this is it. Like, this is what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So something, something is happening likely maybe this month or, or next month. Uh, I saw multiple different, leaks that one the original leaker came out and said that the game is still on track for this year but then another source said uh it's likely already delayed to 2022 so we might get that final like release date um in in this trailer but i mean from the trailer itself i watched bits and pieces of the whole thing uh it, i mean it looks just like it looks like a Souls game. Uh, I think in one of the clips, the character like dodges from a dragon, and it it's like the iconic animation of a Souls game dodge, like the dive <laughs> into a roll. Yeah, it, it like it's it's pretty cool. Um, I didn't know this either beforehand, but it's apparently it's an open world fantasy RPG. Uh, I did not know that it was going to be like open world, which is really cool. Has there been a Souls uh, game that's like truly open world no no it's all kind of it's you know i mean technically the world is no no i mean technically you can't even say the world is open like it's a giant map that ha is kind of linear in the sense that it's um, non-linear it's not yeah, it's not it's a non-linear right that's a better representation it's not open but it's non-linear hmm. it's more akin to a metroidvania than an open world game yeah um yeah so uh finally some kind of information i guess this finally proves that the game is in fact real it's real to some degree <laughs> uh so, so yeah hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll get an actual trailer and maybe a release date that would be awesome mm, i think e3 time frame at like at the worst we'll probably get something you know if not something before then yeah I, what I think do you was, think happens first? E3, are they release the Elden Ring trailer or they announce Elder Scrolls 7? Probably <laughs> Elden Ring first. Aren't we, wait, aren't we only on Elder Scrolls 6? Yeah. Yes. I think that was the joke. 
What happens yeah, one, first? One Elden Ring comes out or Cyberpunk 2077? Or Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, all right. Is that everything you want to say about Elden Ring? Uh, the last thing, I think, uh, uh, from the trailer, I guess they s- mentioned that it's the new franchise from FromSoft. So I think that confirms that maybe uh, they're working on... Well, they plan for sequels, which is... After watching a video I watched the other day about Dark Souls, uh, I think it pretty much confirms that they are done with Dark Souls and are moving on to a new franchise. So, so you so think there'll be like multiple Elden the Rings? Souls, in the the Souls style game, but a different setting and everything. yeah, yeah. The the RPG mechanics, the the you know that'll stay, but the bones of a Souls game, but it won't be a Souls game. The it'll soul of a Souls game, Elden Ring game. <laughs> All uh, right. Uh, this just in, we got an email that I'm going to interject right here. It's from number one fan of the show, it's Dan great. Santos. He <laughs> said, "Here's a silly patent." Uh, <laughs> the the name of the email is Plantain Station. Uh, here's a silly patent. I wonder what they're going to do with it. I would think that Nintendo would uh, have more of a use. Maybe this is for PSVR. Did you guys see this banana controller patent that Sony made? Yeah, like what the heck? So uh, a, a quote out of the patent is, it would be desirable if a user could use an inexpensive, simple, and non-electric device as a video game peripheral. The The present disclosure seeks to address or at least alleviate some of the above identified problems. And there's like photo examples of it's just someone holding a banana. And I I don't know uh, if it's like a VR thing and then the headset registers that uh, like, okay, this is like a button and it's like watching you push buttons and I registering. I have no idea. Patents are fucking weird. Um, yeah, but yeah, they, they patented a banana as a controller. So, you know, that's a thing. Did they patent the banana part or is it just that the banana was the example of what you could use? I think the banana is just an example. It says it could be a mug, pen, glass, or as in investors, uh, preferred examples, bananas or oranges. I guess to me, this seems like they might be going the direction uh, that Microsoft went with their um, adaptive controller where like they, I feel like with this, they might be able to make more like you could like the idea of making a control out of anything allows you to uh, literally make a controller for anyone, I guess. I guess that makes sense. Or so speedrunners can have a new controller that's actually a banana to beat games on. <laughs> yeah, all those YouTube videos of like I beat Dark Souls using a banana. <laughs> and they, I like, beat Dark send... Souls using the Donkey Kong Jungle Beat bongos. <laughs> While DDR ing. <laughs> now I'm just imagining a streamer rage quitting then eating his controller. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be good. Like uh... grinding all on the banana. Just Dan Santa says, also, you guys should totally make a video game. Just do a Kickstarter. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. 
He said, also, also, Stan is a dumb way to say you're a fan of something. It should be Steve, like a Steve Pokemon, <laughs> even though they made two mainline games and I'm going to spend $120 by the end of the whole ordeal. <laughs> Dan. I, As, Steving something is when you don't understand why people like it and then complain about it. That, that's a Steve right there. Um, Got him. All right. Thanks for that interesting, random, fun email, Dan Santos. Uh, all right, let's move on. Harry Potter RPG Hogwarts Legacy will allow tran- transgender characters. And I have a side note here saying, fuck JK Rowling. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar. It's no secret to the world that JK Rowling is kind of a really terrible human being super anti-trans and very online and vocal about it and it fucking sucks so uh luckily the people making hogwarts legacy the game i think it got delayed till next year correct yeah yes yeah. Um, yeah. they said that you your character will be able to have whatever voice uh you want it to have you can look any way you want them to and then you can declare their pronouns after making those things which is awesome. It's something yeah. I think more games should uh, put up front and just be like, yeah, whatever. Who the fucking cares? Do whatever you want, you know? Yeah. And yeah. in a strange turn of events, I'm about to praise Cyberpunk. Uh, Cyberpunk was pretty inclusive with its gender options. Um, I'm know. pretty sure I've heard a lot of things about um, people of the LGBTQ community not liking the way things were portrayed in Cyberpunk. Um, I, there's a lot of articles out there. I can send some your way. Um, yeah, the, the character I mean, creator I, I specifically gave you options, but I think it, they their complaints were more so the way that uh, those characters, characters were treated, were, were treated throughout, throughout the game. game. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's a step, right? Um, yeah. And then what was the other game? I, I there was another game that I was thinking of that does this but yeah it's good that games are trending towards this uh being inclusive and and you know allowing these options for people Hmm. there's a quote here from warner brothers interactive president david hadded and he said he's talking about um jk rowling here said i might not agree with her stance on a range of topics but i can agree that she has the right to hold her opinion so it's kind of him saying like I don't agree with her. She can think what she wants, but we're going to do this in our game. Yeah, we're going to do whatever so, we want. <laughs> yeah, so power to them. I'm I'm really happy to see this. this is really cool. All right, let's talk about Pokemon. We, we yeah, said last week that there was going to be a Pokemon Presents, which is basically like a direct specifically for Pokemon. We all made predictions. I think, was it you, Adam, who predicted the, um, the remakes of diamond and pearl i know andrew you've been talking about them for a while but yeah, yeah i mean guys, i'm pretty I, sure adam and i have been screaming diamond pearl remakes into the ether for the last two years but uh well, guess what now, now it's finally the, the time the summoning circle on. finally worked we are getting pokemon brilliant diamond and pokemon shiny pearl how are we feeling you guys excited about this oh yeah yeah i just want to ask your opinion what do you guys think of the uh the chibi art style for the <laughs> overworld it's all right I'm honestly not a huge fan. I think they did something interesting because it it is resembling very 
strongly the diamond and pearl games like it's at top down it's based on like grid movements basically you don't obviously see the grid but you hit up you move up one square and so on there's so four directions that you can walk exactly it's yeah not... it, it's it's a very faithful remake it's yeah it's... and i'm hoping not too faithful because you know there's a reason why platinum is so revered diamond and pearl themselves and it's like there was a large part of it that was just the general speed of the game like and maybe that was a hardware limitation maybe it was just a product of just the game's development but uh so it might not be a problem on the switch but sometimes in diamond and pearl you would watch a pokemon's health bar deplete for a good 10 seconds mm, uh yeah and so platinum fixes a lot of that stuff and it makes the the journey more interesting itself too so i hope that it takes more from platinum than it does from uh diamond and pearl themselves yeah that's for the art style i think it's fine like it's it's nothing it's it's nothing to write home about but like like i don't think it needs to wow me you know yeah did you guys also notice this one isn't game freak yeah this is the first outsourced pokemon game I did, or at least mainline Pokemon it? game. Yeah, they announced it. I don't remember the name of them, but it's like, it, I believe you brought up this possibility to me, Jeff, where they are kind of starting to take the perennial Call of Duty approach, not necessarily the like rushed nature of those games, but they are having different development teams take turns on Pokemon games on a cycle, and maybe they can churn out a little more uh, for the franchise as a result. Mm. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'll be a little more excited, you know, once I learn how faithful it is, like Andrew was kind of pointing out, like, Platinum was amazing. I actually got so stoked about Sinnoh that I started up my Platinum version and decided to do a run through on that in my spare, like, just like when I'm doing other stuff. But, but yeah, like, if they add some, if they add some of the stuff from Platinum, like how uh, the Ruby and Sapphire remakes added in, like, new evolutions of stuff that have been introduced since Generation 3. They had the Delta episode later for Rayquaza mm. for the Emerald-esque stuff. Even Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver added a lot of stuff from Crystal. Exactly. So, like, right now from the very, like, what was it, like, two-minute trailer we got, it looks, like, super faithfully recreated. So, I don't know. If it's if it's way too close to the originals, I might pass on it. But if it's got some new stuff, maybe I'll play. I don't really know yet. How you yeah, I there? mean... I'm excited. I never played uh, Diamond and Pearl, so I'm excited to buy them, play the oh. first few gyms, and then never play, touch them again. <laughs> so at least for you, it would be a new experience. Like the thing is, I still have a Diamond version, so for me, yeah. if it's if it's basically the same game but in a new 3D art style, what would be the point in me getting it? So for me, think, it really depends on what new stuff is there. Because I think that it, you know, it might just end up being the definitive way to play Gen Four. It could be, yeah. I mean, I know not everyone still has their copies, but I still have a copy of Platinum and Diamond. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've said before, but I, I think that we need to trend away from the idea of the quote-unquote mainline Pokemon games, even though that won't happen. But there's always going to be like, you know, the Sword and Shield and whatever Gen 9 is going to be called. And those games are always going to exist. But I like that this can be the simple return to form of Pokemon and then they allowing them to branch off and do other genres like we're seeing. Yeah, mm. it is nice. 
And Jen, speaking of other genres. <laughs> yeah, that's a good segue. Unfortunately, I wanted to say something ah, about it. So right. uh, I'll, I'll get back to it in a second. Um, yeah, I don't know. Gen 4 is where my memory of Pokemon starts to fade. It's Gen 4 is the, like the first one where I only played it once and I just shot straight through it and then put it down. So it's not super special like it to me like it is for you guys. I know Gen 4 is like your Pokemon game, just like Gold and Silver is like my Pokemon game. That's the one that I hold most dear in my heart. Uh, so I'm super torn on if I'm going to get this or not. I just, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I mm. might, I might wait and see how people feel about it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I like part of me wants to get it because like, okay, this is where I start to not have a lot of memory of the Pokemon game. So maybe I should go back and play it again. It'll be more fresh than going back yeah. and playing gen three or gen two. But on the other hand, it's like, maybe I wasn't super into it for a reason. I don't know. I think Gen 4 was the last time when, like, one, not the last time because Black black and White and then Black 2 and White 2 are also good for this, but the this, it's one of the last times that the story, like, actually made you gave a fuck. Mm. You know, like, when once it got to X and Y and it was all, like, you know, it's over the course of millennia, we're going to destroy the world, you know, bullshit, and all of the stakes are just gone. Um, that's when you know you started to lose a lot of people and at that point it just becomes the I'm just gonna beat all the gyms and then put it down you know but Diamond and Pearl and, and Platinum especially were the last times where I was like this is really fucking cool so I definitely recommend it if you if especially if you don't know anything about it um, and especially especially if they incorporate a lot from Platinum uh, because Platinum had the distortion world, which is like a whole separate thing. And that's fucking sweet. I, I could see them doing like a, a Delta episode esque style thing with the distortion world. Like for the, yeah, Platinum and like content. with Giratina. Yeah. It, it depends yeah. again. Like they have given no indication of what kind of new things they'll be uh, putting in, or if it's going to be like straight up, this is the same game, but looks better. Yeah. And hopefully the quality of life improvements are there and that and the game doesn't feel slow. I feel that was really Diamond and Pearl's biggest blight is that they just were so slow. Mm. They did have a really good post game, though, that generation. The post game was incredible for those. That uh, and best see, generation for post game. It spoiled me because that set my expectation for what Pokemon post games should be. So then, you know, the next time around when I played black and white, I was so disappointed. I was like, well, there's nothing to do now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, definitely holds a good place in my heart. So absolutely, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm playing through platinum. I just beat the fourth gym. So nice. Um, all right, then let's talk about our last thing, Derek. Let's oh, talk wait. about the switch. Jeff, did you just decide to skip the other two oh games in that, in that Pokemon remember, presentation? Remember, remember <laughs> my segue? I did. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. No, um, wait. Hold up. Let me do it again. So speaking of other genres. We're getting like a whole new. They're Pokemon. doing it. Yeah. We're... <laughs> Remember the episode that we had where we were like, "Hey, what can they do with the Pokemon series to make this interesting?" They're they're doing it. They listened. <laughs> yeah. So they gave me the thing I wanted, and then something better. In yeah. theory. So they In announced theory. Pokemon Legends. They pronounce it Arceus, which I yeah, think that's is wrong. bullshit. I think it's Arceus. I think everybody who has a brain thinks it's Arceus. All right, so we're going to stick with Arceus, even though they pronounced it Arceus. Pokemon yeah. Legends Arceus. And this game, we all kind of agreed, kind of looks like a 
a Breath of the Wild open yeah. world Pokemon game that takes place in Sinnoh, what, like a hundred, couple hundred years before? It, yeah. Going. It's got like a feudal Japan style like it's like yeah stuff. it's like the region has just been discovered right and yeah. so this is like you play as one of the first settlers of the region and, and you, you are out to build like the first the, yeah it's journey of you the player making the pokedex for that region Disco actually physically for the like, first time discovering those pokemon and that's so cool such you know, a every, neat concept Everyone makes the Breath of the Wild comparison for this. It's the only game that people compare it to, especially because in the trailer they have the 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 sweeping camera over the hilltop behind the back shot that's identical to the one in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh it, visually it very much looks like Breath of the Wild. Like, I would I honestly would not be like, at this point you can't even really do anything open world without comparing it to Breath of the Wild because it did it so wonderfully. Mm. Breath of the Wild is going to be the new Dark Souls in terms of being compared to things yeah yes it's, exactly. it, it defined a, a genre basically or like yeah. recreated it's, what open world games are. it set it set the new standard it has like, so many building blocks that other games want to take and put into their games that people are going to say oh well they just took this from breath of the wild and it's, and it's going to keep happening and can we talk for a second about the the arbitrary trio of starters you get yeah yeah that's that was cool. kind of weird it is no, cool. that's super cool. It's, it's cool, don't get me wrong, but it, I found it quite so, odd. We get Cyndaquil from Johto, we get Rowlet from Alola, and Oshawott from Unova as your three, and they played off as, oh, hey, the elder from the village found these three guys and he's traveling the world and has them. So, yeah, hey, we're going to look at this you. new stuff. So, Yeah, no, it's really definitely cool. really cool. It makes sense because the, the starters in this new region haven't been no one discovered knows them yet. yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they haven't set up their tradition of these are the three starters yet. They don't even, they don't even know them. Yeah. Uh, so so this neat. Is, this is slated for an early 2022 release date. But like... Yeah. I don't yeah know how hype, hype aside, what they showed us looks pretty bad. The, the visuals <laughs> yeah. of it are the opposite of stunning. They're kind of like a little bit cringeworthy. Like if you go back and watch the trailer... I have the, it up right now. The I mean, so Some of the Pokemon that are like maybe 20 feet away from the player character look like they're moving at 10 frames a second. It looks I, like an N64 character model. What's that yellow bell thing that Trimeco? Yeah. Chingling? Uh, I or don't know. What, Chingling is the pre evolution. I, I think but it's... The, the one that stands out in my mind is the Shinx. Like, there's a Shinx that the player is standing 10 feet away from him, and, and it has, like, three frames of animation. Uh, I, yeah. It's... It looks I mean, didn't, pretty rough. Did, didn't it say it was like in development still? So it's probably like a rough. That's yeah. like, this has to be a super early build of the game, right? This is definitely not going to be what the final version of this game looks like. Uh, no, like it, I just sent you guys, awesome. Yeah, I just sent you guys a link of the that one Pokemon that I'm looking like, and it legitimately looks like it's moving at three or four frames a second. Uh, it's time coded. It looks, whoo, but like you got to imagine this is still in like a super early build. It's over yeah. a year away. Oh uh, my god! Yeah, that that, that chingling. Holy shit! Yeah, it's 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 bad. Um, so yeah, and like even like the textures for the grass don't look good. There's all like, of the, the buildings are really like, bad. Everything's super blocky and pixelated. The battles um, themselves like are just regular Pokemon battles, but like in 3D with a camera that rotates around you. They, yeah. I think they confirmed that they're actually more similar to like an act, like active time battles from Final Fantasy. 
Uh, so you have I like a bar so, that you have honestly. to wait, and that's where the and, speed and, comes in. It's not and what I it think you like. move around. You can move around still. Okay, that, that'd be neat. From what they showed, it just looked like a standard Pokemon battle. Yeah, yeah that's it, what it looked like. It, yeah, there are two Pokemon facing off. You're standing there. It's the camera's kind of spinning around. You have your four move options. Um, it seemed pretty standard Pokemon combat, but I think they said something about like when it's hopefully when it's done, you'll be able to like approach a wild Pokemon, throw your Pokeball, and just seamlessly flow into a battle. Which yeah, is a really cool concept. And what I really hope that this game gets to with its concept is that, uh, like, I hope that the world reacts to you properly, if that makes sense. Like, I hope that the wild Pokemon you encounter actually react to the player being there in a realistic way for, like, a new region, right? Like, like we mentioned in the trailer, the player maybe stands, like, 15 feet away from a couple Pokemon, and it's, and it's like, I hope that they don't just stand there and let you catch them and they're just like kind of objects to interact with and i hope that they actually like have their own personalities like, and and like like, like, like if you existence. like if you see like a a big like like a riparian or something right or like a a tangrowth something something large and potentially menacing that they actually like are like, hey, you're intruding on our territory, so we're gonna fuck you up. You know, I hope that it's not just a catching simulator. I, now, now the real question is, can we get a video of someone playing this game while imitating Nigel Thornberry? <laughs> just doing the please? voice the whole time. Just, just Pokemon nature documentary. <laughs> someone. Nah. <laughs> I I want to say I did read a thing that said there like you can both catch Pokemon like out in the wild like that like just throwing out a pokeball and or you can battle them so i don't know it makes me think slash like the same thing you're saying andrew like i hope there's maybe like i don't know that we've had lots of comparisons to breath of the wild that uh there's maybe some tools you acquire throughout and you uh, almost become sort of bug snacks e where (laughs) uh the less aggressive pokemon maybe you're trying to trick them into you know relaxing for a second to so you can throw a ball out where maybe the more aggressive you might need to battle them or um kind of set up some kind of traps or something i don't know you know that would be really really cool and i like it like yeah, yeah. i think bug snacks is a great comparison make each pokemon a puzzle in how you actually go about capturing them or insinuating a battle with them initiating a battle yeah it's like maybe if you get too close to a shinx, it electrocutes you or something. Like exactly, like, right? Don't, like don't run up to it and try to grab it. Like maybe like coax it out. Yeah, they, like from from what it seem from what we've seen in the trailer, what it seems so far is that you have two options, which is throw a pokeball at it or battle it. You know, I just hope that there's a little more option. There are a little more options there. You know, and that the yeah. world is actually, you know, flowing Alive. and breathing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was definitely presented as like a like a almost a cinematic trailer. So uh, I didn't really give a cinematic cool. trailer. Oh god, I walked uh, into that. Uh, uh, and he dabbed. Uh, oh god, he made it worse. Basically, what I was saying, like, it definitely didn't give us a lot of gameplay options. It was definitely meant to like catch our attention. So hopefully, in the next few months, we'll get a little more details on like these kind of things that we're speculating about. Yeah. Like, this, what what else can we do? Yeah. This trailer seemed like an extremely rough cut of like how can we get the information to the consumer base the quickest with showing off the least mm. uh, like, what, what do we have ready that looks decent enough 
Like, yeah, not fantastic, I, but good enough because it's Pokemon Day. I don't think this game comes out uh, in early 2022. I think it comes out in the fall. Yeah, we think delay. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Fall or 2023, honestly. Oof. I, hope so. I don't think it'll get pushed that far. No? Yeah, I think I think Game Freak would ra- rather release a unpolished product than not release a Pokemon game in uh, said, fiscal year. They said, they yeah, said I believe earlier, that. right? So. They just say early. <laughs> so, like, early is subjective. Like, what does early 2022 mean? Yeah. Usually, yeah. I think that means after like, either, like, Mar- February, March, or uh, April, May. Or June, so that, apparently, that, if you're that in think. itself is yeah. or June. No, quite a bit. Launch window. Launch what's a, window. What's yeah. a fucking launch window? So yeah, like right there, Derek, you get like a four-month window. So it's right. early is subjective. Like that's a Which third is, of the year. Yeah, that's why they do that. Because they, they said January, and then they had to delay it to... Now that they can delay it to May, and they're still in that, that early window. But. Yeah. Honestly, it depends on what you consider to be early part of the year. So. Either way, I really hope that they can improve on on what they showed us and make this game great because I fucking love that like this was even a thought experiment that they did, right? Like this is exactly yeah, what we said in our episode on how they could change Pokemon. They're yeah, this is what they needed to do. Exploring not only a new genre, but they're exploring a different time period in a setting we've already been to, mm-hmm. you know, expanding on the exactly. universe that they've already created instead of just shoehorning in another region. Right. Exactly. Like, I think that's, that's kind of like ex- explicitly what we said earlier, like use what you have, but in a new way, which yeah. is ha- and how so, you go about doing something redefining. Yeah. So I absolutely love the idea of this. I just hope that they can execute on it. Yeah. Oh God, I do too. <laughs> like, I was honestly, I was more hyped for the concept of this than I was for the remakes. Yeah. Hmm. Like you sure. I didn't, I'm, I'm way like, more excited that, for this than the yeah. remakes. Yeah, like I didn't expect this at all. Yeah, I, I was just sitting there watching it, like almost like freaking out in my chair, like, oh my god, this can't be real. I was so excited by this that I didn't notice how bad it actually looked. <laughs> it, exactly. <laughs> like, it, it definitely like pulled the wool over eyes on that. Like, look, open world, ignore the graphics, please. When yeah. I had it running, uh, I had it going at work while I was working, and the, our internet was so slow, I had to drop it down to like 360p. So that's probably part of why I didn't realize at first that it looked so crappy because I had Honest- to downscale it so much just to watch it play. Yeah, my video, my video was buffering too when I was watching it, like for the entirety of the presentation. So yeah, and then at one point, my stream just crashed entirely. It was just like, hey, the video's done. Hmm. <laughs> so. Cool. Anyway, very yeah. excited. Everyone's super excited about that. Yeah. They also showed Pokemon Snap more. But that that's out. We well, know exactly yeah. what it is. There's nothing new. I knew yeah. that was coming. You throw a ball that make them glow. Yeah. The one thing I will say about it is that I, I'm scared that it's going to be exactly what I want. And that's going to make me end up not playing it. Because it comes out right before the mega month that is May of this year. Mm. Uh, so if that game is actually just like... It seems that there's a lot more to that game than the original Pokemon Snap, so I fear that there's not going to be enough time for me to actually play it before May. Yeah, we'll I feel see. like that's one you could like pick up, play a little bit, put down. It's not something you need to hard focus on like some of the other games coming out. Probably. You know? So, alrighty, let's talk about this last thing, Derek. 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 So Bloomberg, uh, this article is by Takashi Mochizuki and Sohee Kim. 
And it's saying that a Nintendo plans Switch model with bigger Samsung OLED display. Uh, 7-inch OLED 720p resolution. Coming early June with an initial target of just under a million units. Uh, this is also by an anonymous... They got this from an anonymous source. So, I don't fucking know, dude. I refuse to believe anything that's from an anonymous source. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. So, I I think uh, what all this confirms is... and And... Um, I think it confirms there's a new Switch model in the works. It could just be a a new Switch with a new screen, and that's it. And you there's don't no... think they advertise it as a Pro? You think it's kind of like yep. the one that had the bigger battery and just like right. you get the one with the blue box, not the one with the red box or the one with the gray box. It's like because yeah, they released a new Switch. Uh, it was like a year and a half after or two years after the original one. And yeah, right. It, it, it just had, had a. a yeah, a battery Upgrade that was battery. like one point five times better, and the only discerning factor was that it was in a bright red box instead of a whatever color box. Yeah, I think that the. So you think it'll be closer to that? I I think that is the baseline right right now because then then it's it's that that seems pretty much confirmed with uh, Samsung the Samsung LEDs being involved. It basically confirms their their manufacturing they're planning to manufacture something. Mm-hmm. And the at, at at base, it's just a, a it's just the switch, but with an OLED screen and a little bit more battery life now. Uh, but then it's it's like when you take this and then add on the rest of the rumors is where it gets like okay, so are they or aren't they like that? I think the article mentioned the that it's going to be able to output uh, 4K to the TV. Um, we, like that, that's still in the rumor mill and, yeah. uh, but I, I, so yeah, like we, we definitely, it seems like we're definitely getting a new switch model this year or early next year, but whether or not it's a, has any performance upgrades is, uh, waiting to be seen, I guess we need some, there, there needs to be some more concrete data, like, uh, you know, they're manufacturing new chips with NVIDIA or, or something. Um, Cause if they, <laughs> yeah, because that's what people are speculating is that they, they're doing some kind of new trip trip. Maybe it's going to have DLSS 2.0 on it. So that's like, it's going to really bump the switch performance. But at this point we don't really know. Well, apparently this might be, I think a little more of a significant upgrade than, than we're implying because the current switch is 6.2 inches and this is seven inches. Yeah. I mean, the bigger like screen is physically bigger. Switch. Pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. Sizable increase. No. Yeah. Issue. And I think part of the article mentioned is that this new model would be like locked 720p as opposed to, I think right now, like I think maybe Xenoblade, whatever Xenoblade, Xenoblade 2, Xenoblade yeah. HD, definitive, definitive, like drops all the way down to like 540p at some point or something, like undocked. So this makes it sound Absolutely. like there's some kind of little little GPU performance, little CPU performance or something that will keep the games locked at 720p, but it's not like 
it's it's you know it's not groundbreaking performance differences. Mm. It's just maybe more consistencies between uh, like re- resolution and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like how many how many reports of a new switch model have we seen even in the the one plus year that we've been doing the podcast and none of them have come true and they all are saying something different at this point it just seems like throwing darts at the wall and like if you're the person if you're the website that happens to say that a new switch model is coming soonest to them actually releasing it you get all sorts of cred you know that's just what it seems like to me at this point i mean i think this particular rumor is maybe the most plausible of all of them so far because this of is the, the one Samsung that's being stuff. This is this is the one being published on Bloomberg and Polygon. You know, none of all of the other ones are just like kind of quote unquote 4chan rumors, right? Like stuff that you see on Reddit, maybe. Uh, but like uh, yeah. these, these are actual like publications are are like digging into this. A lot of a lot of the stuff. Uh, I yeah, that's I think that's what makes a little difference, uh, Jeff. Is we didn't see this first on like. Uh, like nin- favorite Nintendo gaming dot edu, like some random website that says, "Hey, we have this anonymous source." Like this was Bloomberg saying, uh, like their authors saying, "We have it or not." Like these are they're more cr- a little more credible of journalists than, uh, um, you know, than random web r- random blog website or whatever. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the previous switch pro rumors were it was just random blog website said i mean if jason schreier came out and said he had an anonymous source that told him the switch pro or you know would would you would you be more inclined to believe it yeah if jason schreier's name was on this then i would definitely believe it because he works for bloomberg yet his name is not on this article from bloomberg so but he's not the only article he's not the only journalist you know yeah but he's like the head video game guy there yeah, but I'm sure a lot of intelligence is like shared at Bloomberg, right? Like, there's just like that. That'd be like if I heard a rumor and then you published an article about it, right? Like, I yeah, think that's, but then I would have, se- I, I would have said like Andrew, who who you can trust because of all this other stuff, said this. Like, if Jason's not necessarily on board for this, and he didn't get his name on it, because you imagine he would have seen this article coming out of the the website that he works for and he didn't put his name on it i don't know so i I think i think you're tying it too much to the individual when they say an anonymous source told us they probably mean told bloomberg and not hoshizuki i'm yeah i'm i don't know i i don't take i'm not saying i have stake in i'm not saying i have stake in this jeff i'm just saying that out of everything we've heard so far this tops the list it's you know, the most credible. This, yeah, I mean, this is like if there's a rumor, it's this one. The more and more that time goes on, the more and more likely something it, this is to come true. You know, so <laughs> maybe maybe Nintendo heard the Switch Pro rumors and they were like, you know, it's a pretty good idea. <sighs> there, there are even different rumors on the the actual name. It won't be called Switch Pro, but like people were throwing the name of Super Nintendo Switch, Super Switch. Yeah, I mean, I think this Switch one XL. particularly is just going to be Switch. Like they won't even change the name. Probably yeah, not. Like Derek saying, "Switch yeah. U." Oh my god! No. Switch Plus. They're gonna change it. It's actually gonna be the NX. Oh, dude, I mean, I wish it was the NX. The NX is so, such a cool code name. Or the Revolution. The Dolphin. All right, that's all we got for news. How are we feeling? You want to take a break, or are you ready to just roll into what we've been talking about? What we've been playing. That one. What we've been playing, yeah. man. I, I don't, my my, my list isn't long, so. 
All right, yeah. Let's roll right into it then. Uh, Adam, you can go first if your list isn't long. Uh, just a little bit more of uh, Mario 3D World and uh, Bowser's Fury. Mm-hmm. Not quite done with it. Getting there. Uh, soon, hopefully, we'll get it done. I can write the article. Cool. No uh, pressure. Yeah, you know, the usual, the league, Blue Fire, still chugging through that a little bit. Yeah, I didn't really have a busy week with gaming. Mm. Well, I mean, I've just heard that you uh, are halfway through the gyms in Platinum, so... (laughs) Yeah, that that doesn't take that long, and I was basically doing it, like, don't tell anybody, but I kind of did it, like, while I was teaching. Like, (laughs) because basically, like, everyone doesn't have their screens on, they ask me a question, like, maybe every 30 minutes, so I just kind of had it running in the background. Understandable. So. Uh, Professor, what is the uh, the square root of X? Star Raptor. <laughs> uh, all right, cool, pretty straightforward. Derek, I know you and I have one in common. I saw you. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'll go first because it's only I've played two more hours of Persona Five Strikers. Okay, that's it. Um, only two. Why? <laughs> well, I've been playing a lot of Kotor. Uh, uh. uh and it's i'll get home and jordan's playing persona 5 royal and i'm like i'm gonna let him do that so you oh, know, that's right because yeah. it's on your playstation not your correct gotcha all um, right yeah so uh, playing a little bit more of it um I, I have a better grasp of the overall gameplay loop and saying it's identical to original persona is definitely a, a misstatement um because I say I, but from everything i read it's it's Seems not like, like a lot was missing. I, yeah, identical is just the wrong word. Like it just feels almost the same as Persona Five. Um, there's no like confidence or anything, and there's no real like real exploring of the overworld uh, that matters as much. Like the it, it is very much just an extension of the story, you know. Um, but the uh, the jails, as they're called, instead of palaces, are are pretty cool. They're they're not you know super different. Um, but they are, they feel larger in scale because instead of taking place in like one location, it's like the entire city, right? So like you're going all over Shibuya in the metaverse. Um, it's pretty cool. I got a chance to try out all of the characters, uh, and they all feel pretty good. It feels good to, to switch between them and use their different strengths. Uh, so it's been, it's been fun. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to eventually getting to play that down the line. Totes. Uh, Derek, you and I have shared a game, but is there anything else before that game that we talk about that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I, I've got like a couple, couple things. Okay. Uh, so I played uh the demo for Outriders. Uh, oh, did you? Ooh. I've heard some pretty negative things about that recently. It's it's a weird game. Uh. It's definitely going to be one of those games where, like, people are going to hate on it, probably for like the story or for some reason, because like, all of a sudden when like people need to rag on a game, they just go after the game's story. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the story. I I got I got to complain about something. Oh, I'll uh, complain about the shitty story. And we call that know, Nick Duet. <laughs> <laughs> like I. I mean, I don't know. There's barely really any story in the demo besides like the setting up of the kind of world. Uh, you only do like one real miss- mission, and then the rest is like kind of side quest stuff. Uh, the, it, like the world they've created is pretty cool. Uh, like the whole premise is like Earth is dead, 
and your ship leaves Earth to go to like a planet to colonize, and then like <clears throat> there's like you're like exploring, and then something happens, and then you get your powers, and then you get like uh, locked away in like a cryo tube. Sorry, Andrew was just showing us he was having mic troubles earlier. Mic troubles. He just showed us that his mic was actually just muted the whole time. Uh, I didn't know that this existed. <laughs> I didn't hilarious. know that was a thing. I restarted my whole fucking computer. Had goddamn computer problems. My CPU was overheating. I guess it was just muted. That's incredible. Uh, you'll have I to didn't know back that this particular switch existed. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, anyways, Outriders. Uh, we're not yeah. to forget that one. Uh. So, like, the premise seems, like, decent. Um, you get, like, frozen in cryo, and then, like, you get waken up, woken up, I think, like, 30-something years later. And, like, the Earth, the, the planet's colonized, but it's just, like, shit. Like, it's just going to shit. And now you're, like, all right, you're trying to help out, like, your bros from earlier. It's got, it's definitely not, like, a Gears of War vibe to, like... Cover shooter stuff? The dialogue. Person. I... I don't have you guys did you guys ever play uh Bulletstorm? Mm-mm. Nah, so it's a, it's the same devs as Bulletstorm and Bulletstorm has a pretty sh- pretty shitty story and writing. So <laughs> like these guys I don't know the studio it's not like they're they're storied uh writers. Like they're de- it's definitely going to be dumb and very I, I got a B like B movie feel mm. almost. Uh, like like B tier movie or like the B movie, the the B movie. Uh, okay. Jerry Seinfeld is yeah. in the game. Um, gotcha. <laughs> Nothing so, a large influx of bees can't fix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think for me the most the most interesting part of the game is its gameplay, um, and the gameplay feels like pretty good. Uh, I think. Like, people obviously were immediately going to out the gate compare this game to, uh, like, Destiny and The Division, which are, you know, RPG looter shooters. Uh, But those games are shooting games first and then RPG games later. So, like, in Destiny, you could play that entire game without ever using an ability ever, and you would do just fine. It like the the your ability the RPG mechanics besides like the gearing doesn't matter. Uh, the division the same thing like it's the division is a cover based shooter with a with RPG mechanics just like sprinkled on top. This game is an RPG that has guns in it. <laughs> hmm. um, it there there are there's cover so like the first thing you. The first time you like pick up a weapon, like you're immediately introduced to cover, and you like have to use cover. But once you get your abilities, you don't have to use cover ever. And I think a lot of people were trying to play this game as like a cover shooter, like The Division or uh, Gears of War, and it's not. It's like <clears throat> the entire game is based upon uh, every class has a way to gain health back, and it's basically you use your abilities to do damage and like inflict status effects and then those status effects allow you to get health back so when you walk into a room of 40 guys and you're just getting pelted with bullets you don't need to get into cover to like protect yourself you need to start using your abilities and start killing people as fast as possible so that you just keep regenerating health it it, like it plays like uh like diablo but a third person shooter 
And so that is pretty fun. And it makes it the game very hard at first, because if you don't know that, you're going to have a really hard time. Uh, you just have to keep, like, pounding away at the enemies and, like, use your abilities at the right time. And, um, like, there's there's strategy in the chaos of, of the game. And I it's pretty cool. Uh, there are... I think it has really good potential. I think I'm still probably definitely going to pick it up just to like ride it out and see how, because if like ah, one of the coolest things it does is a lot of games, like in the early levels, you don't get any gear that like actually does anything meaningful. Mm -hmm. But in this game, it start like immediately after I think the second, like the second mission I did, it starts throwing gear at me that starts affecting my abilities. And that that's, when the game these games feel good is when like you get that armor that maybe adds a few seconds onto your ability or reduces your cooldown when doing this other thing like when you're able to synergize your gear with your abilities that's when these games get fun so i think i think it's going to be a really fun game that's probably going to get shit on for a really dumb story <laughs> mm. and there's some like weird technical things like they, there's like random loading screens in like the overworld, and I guess the developers responded that basically saying they used to just be black screens. Like you would walk up to a door and press like X to go in the door, and then it would go to a black screen, and then you'd appear on the other side of the door. So instead, they just put in cutscenes of you going through the door or like climbing over this thing, but then it still goes to a black screen for like three seconds. So. <laughs> I don't know if that they're like it's just because it's it's this it's an early build, so they're just kind of like working on that still. But we'll see, we'll see how that actually turns out. Because I feel like it's another thing like people will just pick the game apart for for something stupid like that. And but I think they, as a, they always do a game. It will probably be pretty fun. So solid. If you end up picking it up and there. liking it, let us know. Yeah. Well, out of all of us, I feel Derek is the most suited to review it. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. I bet if you. Could, if you like this game enough, you could easily convince Tikon to play it with you. He loves uh, these kinds of games. Or me. I, I probably could, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean it is it is like it's it's built to be, I think, a co op game from the ground up. Like Borderlands or whatever. So Yeah, three right. three player, right? Yeah. Yeah, give me three. and Tikon. Let's do it. Let's do it. Alright. What else? Um so <clears throat> the other right, is that Yeah, besides the one we share. Um I finally finished after starting it, I think maybe this time two years ago. Uh I finished playing uh Ocarina of Time. Oh, huh. For the first time? <laughs> yeah, for the first time. I've never wow. beat uh, it. the original or the three D version? The the original virtual console version. Oh, okay. So, so like the Wii Oh, that's why you plugged in your Wii. Yeah, well, so I plugged in my Wii U actually. Ah. Uh, and I just happened to also plug in my Wii just to see if it still worked. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I because we we've been talking about Zelda so much, and then I like remembered like wait like I started playing Ocarina of Time like two years ago, and I almost beat it, and then just like unplugged my Wii U for some reason, and then never plugged it back in. So yeah, I popped that's it like, in. That's the same thing with me. I stopped playing Link to the Past in the last dungeon. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> go back and fit. Well, I mean, obviously you're gonna and play Link's again. Awakening. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so I was on the Spirit Temple when uh, I started when I like temple. booted it back up, and I was like, "What? Shit!" I'm like, "I just got to beat this, and then I go fight Ganon." Yeah. So I did that like two hours ago. What do you think? 
it's it's a really cool Zelda game. Um, I think the atmosphere. I think the coolest moment of the game for me is uh, when you're in Ganon's Tower and you're going up the staircase, and the organ that he's playing gets louder and louder. I think mm. this this is like the one game where I think Ganon is the most kind of like sinister and maniacal. Yeah, he's he feels like, like a presence. Yeah, he, he's an evil guy, and he's not afraid to to be evil towards you. Whereas I don't know. I don't know, and, dude. Wind Waker Ganon is pretty cool. Wind Waker Ganon, yeah, he, like Wind Waker Ganondorf is also like a cool representation. But I feel like I don't know, like no, I don't know. My, I, immediately after finishing it and beating the game, I was like, this is what was missing from Breath of the Wild for me. Is there's no menacing uh, antagonist in Breath of the Wild. It's just cala- the the like their calamity Ganon is in the castle, and you have to go defeat him. And yeah. it's the like fact that, oh, the fact that you okay. the first time you see Calamity Ganon is when you fight him is is pretty lame. Yeah, the the antagonist lacks any personality other than the fact that it's They're Ganon. Evil. If yeah, uh, if I'd never played or heard of Zelda in my life, and I started playing Breath of the Wild, and you were like, "You got to go kill Calamity Ganon," and I'd be like, "Well, what?" who why i don't and like of course the game does kind of like tell you what happened and refills the dots and but the the villain doesn't seem to like have a personality whereas like the rest of the characters in the game have some sort of personality and i think i think the game would have benefited from a ganondorf uh in it I think well, it doesn't need, obviously doesn't need to be Ganondorf himself. It could have been any other kind of antagonist, but something needed to drive it a little bit more than the reliance on the fact that yeah, we all know Ganon's bad, and this time he's a calamity. He's a I think, I think uh, most games, not just Zelda games, would benefit from having Ganondorf in them. Yeah, I know. I would agree. Uh, I would definitely agree. Uh, Mario, I Mario Galaxy? Put Ganondorf yeah, in it. throw Ganondorf in there. <laughs> if a game doesn't have a good villain, just better. throw in Ganondorf. Yeah. So I hope maybe they throw... Right? They, like, one of the predictions was that maybe Ganon is still alive or something. I don't know. Well, you like, see in the, the one teaser trailer that we have, there is, like, the corpse of Ganondorf. Yeah, or right. That looks he's, like him. Yeah, he's like reanimating, so that's oh. gonna be fucking cool. Maybe we'll get Ganondorf back. Yeah, Ganondorf back, and I'll Breath be of the Wild too. Greatest video game of all time. <laughs> all right, well then let's talk about the thing we have in common. Yeah, Bravely Default Two. I I saw you picked it up. What's up? I did pick it up. Yeah, I I had been thinking about picking up the first one for like the past like two weeks. And then I was like, you know what? Like the second one's coming out. You don't have to play the first one or or first and a half one to play it. Yeah. So I was like, I know I I like know I'm interested in playing this game. I'll just I'll just get it. Okay. What are you yeah. thinking? How far are you so far? Time wise. Uh, like three hours. Oh, so you're not it. far at all. I'm about no. ten hours in. I yeah, like I just beat the first boss, I guess. The and... white mage and the in the night guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you're just like, so far all you have is three freelancers and a and a black mage. 
Well, no, I I have I've upgraded my so I have I have a white mage and a vanguard. Okay. Uh. Yeah, because I have Gloria and she's I made her a white mage. As you do. So what are you what are you thinking overall? I like it. Uh. I like the combat system. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of like risk reward of of the battle battle points. I like that. If you go into like a battle, you can easily win. You can just really quickly like do all you do your four turns and just get it over with instead of having to physically do four turns. Yeah, you can. It allows you to to mow through the cannon fodder that you usually run into in JRPGs, which is super nice. But yeah. then gives you depth when you're fighting harder battles or boss battles. Which uh, that boss battle uh, took me quite a while because I. Uh, like couldn't I like started off I just didn't I think like it's you know you have to focus one of them and I didn't really focus any of that either of them uh, so the game uh, even tells you like hey when you're in battles try to take one person out first because it'll make your life easier yeah I, and I don't know I think I was like too concerned with weaknesses so I was like ooh, ooh, she's weakness to this and that and he's weakness to this and that so I should take these people to do this guy and that per- and, and instead of just no like because obviously I didn't know what they were going to do and then the one of the char- like people you're fighting just heals for the entire yeah, <laughs> always kill the white mage first Derek <laughs> always so, and, and so I would, then eventually I started trying to, but it was too late. Like I was too far. Like my turns were all mismatched. Like mm. I couldn't get burst damage down onto her. So thankfully, you have that uh, Sir Sloan with you, Sir who Sloan. just yeah. con- every few turns does like nine hundred damage. And eventually, I killed the the night guy, and then I was able to just destroy the the healer really quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was when I learned. Okay, I have to like, I can't just be willy-nilly about this i gotta find i gotta focus targets i gotta figure out which one i'm i'm fighting against first um but i think the part i've never played a final fantasy game i think with like the job system Mm -hmm. there hasn't Uh, been one in a long time right so so i'm excited to kind of dive into that i like the idea of leveling up a job and then switching to a different one and then having that like leveled up job to kind of use still then you uh, should play with, with... Yakuza like a dragon. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. I probably should. <laughs> I didn't get that far in Yakuza, but like the job system in Bravely Default is fucking incredible. I love yeah. this game and I love this series. It's this game is my favorite thing about video games. It's crunching numbers, min maxing, and like cherry picking skill trees and like and abilities to make a perfect thing. Like I remember in the last game or in Brave the Default 1, I had, like, this monk who had the abilities of, like, the secondary abilities of a knight or something and could do... And, like, I, I had just enough certain abilities where I could, uh, like, do 9,999 damage with each of my auto attacks because I took the time to learn specific abilities from different jobs and mix and match. Yeah. And, like, even in this, the white mage, if you go far enough down the tree has a, an ability that you can equip where it makes it so that your auto attacks heal you. And then the monk in this game, a lot of their abilities, instead of costing mana, costs uh, health. 
So I was like, okay, do I want to invest in having this character go super far down the white mage tree, which will take some time, but then I can get this ability and switch back over to monk so I can (laughs) use my abilities that use my health, but then get health back from attack. And just like, I love it. I love it so much. It's just like all (laughs) spreadsheets and, oh, it's my favorite thing about video games. Uh, Yeah. And I'm just like scratching the surface of the jobs I have. Uh... I think I have gotten two more since where you are, since the one okay. you've gotten. Uh, and I've heard things like a, a guy saying he beat the game and there were still like a dozen jobs he hadn't found yet. Whoa. So there's like okay. jobs and side quests and stuff that too, or cool. like special missions. So there are, and I heard another person say, think about how many jobs you may think are in the game and double it. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> oh, so excited to like continuously unlock new jobs and kind of, mix and match abilities and play styles and have characters that specialize in certain yeah. things. It's so fun to me. I love it. They uh, should uh they should have this game create jobs for America. <laughs> uh Solve I, all our problems. I love the the monster models in this game. The way the monsters look are so cool. Yeah, They're, the the art style of the game is very cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, I I didn't like the chibiness of the humans to start, but that that ended up being fine with me and just like the diorama of the towns and the overworld and just it's almost like anime like nicer looking claymation Mm -hmm. it's 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 hard to describe but yeah i love i'm loving the way it looks and adele is like quickly rising up through the ranks of like favorite jrpg females oh really (laughs) she's almost up there with tifa and it didn't take long i fucking love adele (laughs) she's great so, uh, yeah, I'm really, really digging this game, and I can't wait to play it more and unlock more jobs and just yeah. like play with numbers and min-max and customize. It's so fun. It's what I love the most about games. I'm excited to to dive into it. I've been, I mean, I guess since I bought it, I've been almost playing it like nightly for like an hour or two. There you go. Uh, are are so. you using the boat system? Have you talked to the old lady about the boat yet? Yeah, so I didn't use it yet but have you have you been using it a lot is it worth it yeah so always have it running so what happens is you click you click go out an adventure and you can either be playing the game or have the system in sleep mode as long as the game itself is running it caps Uh out at 12 hours so i usually go back and check on her twice a day and you just like your character goes on an adventure in the boat in the background and you can get things that they're JP orbs, so they raise the level of your job. You can yeah, get experience right. orbs. And I've gotten – so there's small, medium, large, and I've gotten gigantic ones. And I had someone who had a job. They were, like, at the beginning of level 10, and I used a gigantic orb, and I got them halfway – no, they were at level 9, and I got them halfway through level 11. Oh, okay. From one orb. So, like, it is – I imagine this game is more difficult if you don't – if you don't use that, yeah. Yeah, if you like play it straight, like play the whole game quickly, but because I'm playing it in slower chunks, I'm getting all these extra items to buff up my team and it's helping out quite a bit. So always have that going at all times. I like that it's there too, be- uh, because it sounds like with how many jobs there are, it seems like if you just played this game regularly, you would not be able to really uh, maybe uh you know max out the right the ones that you want to whereas with this like you can get you can you kind of skip that like grinding to to max out a job Mm -hmm. you you know you get these orbs or whatever so i like that that's 
there. The minute I saw it, I was like, oh, nice. Okay, like, I don't have to, like, grind mobs to to get my class up if I'm in the late game and realize, ooh, I want to make this person a, a this or whatever. Yeah. Like, I like I, that. I think one of the things I like the most about the game is it takes all of or like so many of the lessons across all of jrpgs throughout time and it's just like the quality of life of this game is so good they think of so many things like mm -hmm. when when like final fantasy 7 8 and 9 were getting remakes on the switch and on pc and they added the fast forward button that's just in there like you right. can have yeah, battles yeah. if you play battles at like times one speed it's painfully slow i think i normally play on times two speed but you can just have it go up to times four so if you do have to grind you can have it to like go super quick and you can use items to make monsters spawn more frequently. So you can grind very efficiently, very quickly. Uh, and just like small stuff like that. Like when you buy something from the shop, there's a, there's a buy and then there's a buy and equip button. So you can immediately equip the thing. Yeah. And which is, it's just like all these small little things that over throughout JRPG history, you're just like, Oh man, I wish I could do this. And like most of those are in here and it's so refreshing and nice to just have like a, user-friendly game that just yeah. like, wants you to play it and enjoy it to its fullest with la without the game itself getting in its own way. Yeah, I'm digging Which it a lot. I personally feel JRPGs are famous for being convoluted and unnecessarily clunky. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this game quite a bit. Uh, all right, cool. Then uh, at this point, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about our favorite and least favorite stories in video games. All right. Sounds good. Okay, we have returned from our break, and we are going to talk about our favorite and least favorite video game stories. So, uh, Adam, why don't you go first on this one? So, for me, one of the best stories that I think we've seen even recently. So, this isn't this isn't a uh, like a too far in the past poll, but it's Outer Wilds because mm. you have that really nice instance of it's not throwing the story in your face. It's one of those things you get to discover over time. And even in the ending, like I'm just kind of jumping into it, it has that kind of somber but beautiful moment of it's it's ending. You can't do anything about it, but let's enjoy it while we can. Mm, so yeah. in terms of it's one of those stories of like it didn't try to do anything to make you care about it in the beginning of like, okay, here's like a dead relative or a reason you should care about the story, just go out and explore it, and eventually you will start caring. And then it gives you the reveal, you know. I think it's a really neat way to tell a story from that viewpoint like it's not like most movies or shows nowadays it's like okay we're gonna give you a reason why you're gonna be emotionally invested this kind of went on a more of a tear of we're just gonna let you play the game and develop your own emotional connection to this world yeah i think the thing that makes outer wilds narrative really special is that the entire game has you basically assembling a puzzle and based on where you go at what different times during the game cycle you collect different pieces to that puzzle and so every individual person will connect the dots in different orders and so mm -hmm. you at any time just have you know all different bits of information and so you can go to a planet and say 
I figured something out and then go to a different planet and maybe get nothing or maybe figure just something totally different out. And you're just constantly connecting dots. And then the way it all comes together is really, really fucking cool. So I, I think uh, one of the greatest um, aspects of it is how um, every, every single piece of the puzzle is kind of like its own little story and um, like learning, learning a little bit about uh, the other astronauts that are on the other planets and how they got there or, or what they've been doing there um just Even learning about different aspects of like nomai culture right like reading reading the board if you if you take the time to read every single little i mean obviously it's a tough game to do that in because sometimes you do feel like you're rushed a little bit but if you just take your time and start just read those little squigglies <laughs> uh, yeah. like each one kind of tells like its own little story and some of them are like tragic and others are like funny and and um, kind of like like silly little stories about like what the I mean obviously they 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 are a little weird because like they flow the time the way they flow in time is different but like I don't know it, it, I definitely found myself sometimes like sitting and reading all these things and going oh shit I gotta <laughs> like I had like forty things I needed to do before the sun exploded <laughs> yeah. It's the environmental storytelling that that game has. There's no yeah. one giving you exposition exposition dumps. Uh, like your character doesn't play like a major role. You're just a part of this world and story as it's developing. You know they don't have a voice necessarily. Um, yeah, it's just so interesting yeah. to explore that world and the story. The story is your adventure, honestly, and how you go about it. Which is something super special that uh, you don't see a lot in games. And it's one of those yeah. things, kind of like that conversation we had with Matt. It's like when we came to terms like, oh, like video games aren't the future of storytelling compared to movies, but it can do its own unique thing. And that is something yeah. that can only right. be done in video games. And that's why I think it succeeds so well. Sure. Derek, you want to give us one? Yeah. Um, so... This is one I feel like it has the inf well I, I don't know I don't think you guys have played it but I think it has the unfortunate uh it it's unfortunate that it came out before the podcast started um and that for me is uh Red Dead Red Dead Redemption 2 I thought you were going to say Death Stranding I was about to say <laughs> <laughs> uh no I think I think it's a shame that that also came out before the podcast started because I I really liked that game too but obviously uh Red Dead Redemption 2 I think is um one of it, the one of the games that's it's almost a perfect story uh in the way that it's in the way that it's done uh, i think there's only kind of one section that is like hmm, okay but overall the narrative plays out like really really well and uh the it's it's a game that i think uh on the exact opposite of outer wilds is completely driven by its main character and the main character's story um arthur morgan is one of the like best protagonists in in gaming i think and experiencing his journey uh is just is awesome um and the, the way they do it i think uh i think 
Rockstar gets well-deserved des- criticism for the things that can be criticized about in that game, but the story itself that they've created, the world that you experience the story in, they've just done like this incredible job. And they kind of give you that opportunity throughout the story to kind of create your own story by kind of having this expansive open world where you can just run into random people and random shit and you can go hunting and there's a lot to explore and to kind of create your own story in in the story um one of the things that i think like was cool um that i don't like i i haven't i guess i like i think the only other person that played this game that i've talked to is dante um but there there's a point in the story where you can meet this guy and you go fishing with him and it's just it's just a random thing off in the middle of nowhere i don't think there's any point where the game takes you over to that area purposely it was just like i was just exploring the world and i ran into this guy and eventually the guy dies in his dying wish he gives you his horse and so this happened i don't know midway through the game and so for the rest of the game i am riding around on this guy's horse because like for me i was like this guy gave me his horse his like horse was his special friend his only friend besides me i guess and then at the end of the game the horse dies and normally spoilers <laughs> well <laughs> it's not it's not really a spoiler but it is a spoiler i guess uh because oh, you have no reason to give a shit about your horse throughout this entire game so your horse dying might not be that big of a deal but because i created this like special relationship with this horse through doing this extra little story bit that's like randomly out there like all of a sudden this moment has like huge impact for me like and it kind of changed the way like it changed the ending of the game it gave the ending of the game even more meaning and like it made the the epic climax of of arthur's story even like more uh like emotionally impactful so you're saying that the horse would have died even if it wasn't that guy's horse. Yeah, the, like you're it's like part of the ending is your horse die like you're trying to escape and your horse dies. Uh, but because man. I had this guy's horse instead, it became like this whole kind of meaningful uh experience instead of just oh gotcha. my horse died. Um I just have to say as a as a lover of animals, stop making your horse die in video games just stop <laughs> just stop doing it i can't in a while it. too a pona's gonna die my oh, mom God. my mom and i both uh are of the opinion we we both do not give a shit about what happens to any of the human actors and movies as long as the dog survives <laughs> that's all we care about have you ever seen uh what was the the Will Smith movie, Independence Day. I, I, no, I am Legend. I am oh, Legend. Oh uh, yeah, that one. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> um, Independence Day. The dog does survive. So <laughs> great movie. Uh, everything that I've heard about Red Dead Redemption Two, a lot of people. There's two common things. There's like the game is super slow, which some people love, some people hate, and the other thing is like you will never get as a immersed and like embody a character more than you will playing red dead redemption 2 and i've i've always considered going back and playing it and she's like you live that life you are that character you go through the the slow mundane things of his life and you like you are you are a part of his struggles and his triumphs because it's such a slow paced game that's what i've always heard about it so it makes sense that the story of that game is like a crowning achievement of it 
yeah i i mean yeah i it's it's a slow it's a game that you just t- yeah you take your time and uh i think that was that wasn't a decision i think rockstar made like on accident i think they they made that on purpose the game is the controls are a little clunky on purpose to make you know to make it a little more uh immersive um yeah i i would highly i mean i highly recommend the first one and if you like the first one you're going to really like the second one regardless of how you feel yeah that's my question is this a is this like a sequel to the first game did they have story connections do i need to have played the first one to play two i think the events of the second game have more impact if you've played the first game but I would be interested to see someone's thoughts of playing the second game first and then playing the first game. Okay. Because uh, the so the second one is a prequel, but it transitions directly. Prequel. Yeah, oh, it's I a prequel to the first one, so it tra- it transitions directly into the first game. Yeah. Okay. It it is a connected story. That's why it's Red Dead Redemption Two and not. Red Dead something else, kind of like it went Red Dead Revolver, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead this, Redemption. This this is a, a a direct sequel to Red Dead Redemption, or prequel. Yeah. That's why I it's think numbered. The only unfortunate thing about it being a prequel is um, th- there is no, like, Arthur Morgan doesn't exist in Red Dead Redemption 1. Mm. So you don't, like, his story literally ends in Red Dead Redemption 2. Whereas and there's uh, no mention of him in, in the original. Whereas if you play the original first, you meet the kind of the cat this cast of characters, and then in the second game you get to play as another person who is also a part of this cast of characters that you like met. Cool, Andrew. Why don't you give us uh, one of your favorite game stories? Uh, let me tell you about Zeno Gears. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you knew it was coming. <laughs> I have said on this podcast before that uh, it is quite possibly the greatest video game story of all time. Uh, and I will stand by that opinion because it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and it was unfortunately <laughs> victim of, you know, rushed working development conditions uh, around the time. Uh, the so the game didn't really get to uh, to breathe as much as it as it definitely needed to because the second disc of that game was so exposition it was exposition exposition and boss fights and that was it there was nothing else to the second disc of that game which really really sucks but this but this game is so massive in its scope and it nails it uh, there's so many like philosophical questions that are tackled in this game like. There's so many like political issues and and humanitarian issues and it's such a deep thought provoking game. There's so many different characters and cultures and, and and relationships and then it's so it's it's very like it's there's so much in that game that it's so hard for me to like really uh, go deep into any <laughs> one aspect of it without like spoiling it i guess it's just the way that everything interweaves and connects and it's like so xenogears the game what you play in the game is technically the fifth part 
of a five-part epic and all four parts only exist in like extended media like there's i think there's a book um or maybe a website or something but it's like just the world that that game created uh is absolutely insane uh but you should never play that video game you know you shouldn't <laughs> just it's, patiently it's... wait for a remake or a remaster of some kind yeah yeah oh, the geez. disc the or like watch somebody else play it watch a synopsis or something the it's like it's a hundred disc one is like a 100 hour rpg and then disc two Jeez. is like 30 more hours of <laughs> just exposition Jeez, oh, that yeah. sucks because like you you say that and it makes me think like how could it be a great story if it's so exposition heavy and i guess the story itself could be still yeah. great and amazing it's just the process of the storytelling wasn't done super well correct i mean but what was in the first disc albeit you know a slow jrpg uh so it might not be for all um but like the stuff that they did with the story in that portion of the game was executed so well mm-hmm. uh and then disc two is obviously the the victim of of the rush like we said mm. um but yeah i really wish that like and it was unfortunately the release timing too right like it's the whole it's the classic story of like oh eight and final fantasy 7 and and all that jazz um but if you if you ever get around to it like this is a like you have to experience this in some fashion you know all right like Okay. Yeah, you talk so highly of it. I should definitely go check it it's out so at some good. point. Yeah, it's like I wish... And, and the thing with it, too, is it's not like a, a PS3 PlayStation Store game, right? Like, it, it came out on the PS1. There's, like, almost no way to actually play it nowadays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's so hard, but... Yeah. Cool. All right, well, I guess I'm going to I'm gonna pick the low-hanging fruit here, and I'm, I'm going to say The Last of Us. I, I'm not oh, sure if that was on any right. of your guys' lists. It's... I tried to stray away from the low-hanging fruits. Yeah, I mean, I have some other ones here that I'm I'm super happy with, but like The Last of Us, I we can't have an yeah. episode saying the best video game stories and not talk about The Last of Us. Yeah. Uh, I would argue that is the greatest story in video games. It's just such a complete package, and it does something with its ending. It does something so cool and unique. And I don't want to get too spoilery here and talk a lot about it, just because the show is going to be coming out probably in the next year or so and like a whole new audience of people who know nothing about it are going to get to watch it um so it's uh, yeah it's the way it does its storytelling and its characters throughout and just getting you to invest in joel and like it like it's so smartly each step of the way like you have to build the trust with all of the new characters that you meet. First off, as the player, you have to learn to trust Joel, and eventually you do. And then you have to learn to trust... Um, uh, what's her name? I can never remember. Tess? Her name. Tess. But you don't have to yeah. trust... Tess is, like, the only character who... It's like, you go in and you're like, okay, this is your best buddy. But, like, after that, like, Bill. You have to, like, trust Bill. And then the whole... The, the, Bill? the The crazy guy uh, with the Oh, pair. in the town? Yeah. yeah. And like every character you meet along the way is just like so they're their own person and they all have their own like quirks and how they work in this post apocalyptic world. And just the interaction of all the characters is so well done. And like I said, the way that game ends, it's just like there are so many TV shows and movies that could take a lesson from the ending of that game. It's just like 
not everything has to be absolutely perfect happy. Like you can end on like a weird, not necessarily sour note, but just like a a punctuation that isn't necessarily and everyone lived happily ever after, you know? Like uh something that's kind of morally gray. Exactly. And then so like that game standalone and like before there was ever a second game and like you never thought there was gonna be a second game in the Last of Us series. That was just just a cool, complete story and like a unique thing and I don't know. I just love it. Like we've talked to death about the last of us, especially the first time I played it. God, that would have been about a year ago that I played through it for the first time, right? I guess I can go back yeah. and look through my, my log of Almost, uh yeah. yeah, we're close. Yeah. Um but yeah, last of us, top notch. I don't know if any of you guys want to say anything about it. I haven't played it. Yeah, well uh, I know yeah. you have I think we've we've talked to death about it, like you said. I yeah. feel like it goes it, it went without saying almost, but it still <laughs> deserved to be mentioned, like you said. So. Yeah. When did I I played it uh February nineteenth of last year. So Wow, all in one day. <laughs> all one day. I, I didn't write down maybe I should write down when I finish games. Hmm. You don't write down when you finish them? No. Huh. I only write down when I start them. I record the day I finish them. Maybe I should do that. Anyways, go ahead, Adam. Give us another one. I think we'll all do. How about we all do one bad one now, and then we'll go back through and we'll we can like we can do honorable mentions and like say stuff on our list. But I don't want to go too long forever with this. So we'll all go yeah. do a bad one, and then we'll do one more good one and mention stuff in between. So Adam, uh, give us give us a bad video game story. Bad. Okay. See, I, I had issues thinking of like something that was like truly bad. Hmm. I, the one I could think of is kind of just like it's a more of a comparison between the series. So, like for me, it was playing Bioshock Infinite as opposed to Bioshocks One and Two. Interesting. So, you think the story of Infinite was bad? I think it's just not. It's more. It shies too much away from what the original Bioshocks were doing, and it's much more straightforward in a weird way The i will uh like kind of like somewhat agree with you here in that the story of infinite like isn't the greatest uh not for for what that series had been doing it doesn't quite live up it's in my opinion yeah it's almost like kind of really weird for the sake of being weird and like and... yeah it includes all this like like alternate timelines world hopping and like like getting to do this crazy stuff because you jumped timelines into an alternate reality and like it's kind of throwing in the shock and awe value where it in my opinion didn't really like you didn't need to do that in the original two because you had a a solid story you just stay on that track and now it's like oh i hit a dead end all this hopped to a different reality where I didn't hit this dead end. You know? Yeah. It, it it's a little I, I was thinking about putting putting it on on or or mentioning it because it is it is when you compare it to the first game, which like just like yeah, the story of the first game is really good. Uh the story of Infinite is just like Like it's good, but it's comparatively it's all over the place. In a, a I, I don't think I don't even know if from a narrative standpoint you can say it's good I think, uh, like I, because I, it, it is like just I think it's like kind of plot holy and it does it like like you're saying like things 
happen because they have to happen, not because they're happening for the like yeah, the story's like, going that way. And kind of like I kind of feel like it does this weird thing where like my like gameplay wise, a lot of people will love it because it's it plays a lot more like a shooter than the other the original two did. Like it's definitely built more like like just waves of enemies and kill them all. But like I kind of feel because of the whole like hopping between timelines thing, it almost includes plot holes just to use the alternate timeline thing. Yeah, like yeah. no other story I know of actively has to include plot holes to make your time jump thing a reason to be there. Yeah. Did Did you ever Did you play the DLC? No, I didn't get to it yet. So the DLC actually makes the story better, and that's why I think it's bad. I guess because <laughs> you had to because, wait for DLC for a good story. Yeah, because it makes everything it like ties everything in better i mean like the overall theming is of the of the series is still there and in infinite but like the way of getting there is, is yeah very it's like it, it's weird like and... it's like dark it kind of take like where the original two bioshocks were like dark and forward about it uh infinite is dark in a way that's presented as everything is a bit too happy yeah like everything here seems too good like it's an interesting take on it like i remember playing it and thinking i'm not enjoying like this is too streamlined mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. it's it's too it's too much too quick as opposed to the other two i didn't enjoy it as much it's like not necessarily a horrible story like i really struggled to find a game where i thought like this is straight up bad but this makes my list just because for the series that it was for and having to actively include plot holes to make use of your time hop effect. I feel that's just a weird way to tell a story. Yeah. Because hmm. literally the entire point comes to, oh, well, shit, they already got the guns. Okay, let's go to a timeline where they didn't get the guns. Like, so then what was the point, you know? Yeah. Like, there's there's almost know, no consequence. You know what game does that? What? Ocarina of Time. <laughs> but eh, ocarina does it differently it's like there are two like two distinct timelines with infinite it kind of does this thing where like okay i'll just keep hopping reality so i find one that has the thing i need you uh, know I see. it's like okay we had to i don't know if i can go back but they confiscated all these guns so oh he got it there's byron mithra nice Andrew did it but yeah it does this weird thing where like they go and like all these guns got confiscated like this guy's equipment got confiscated. So like they tried to go find it and realize, oh crap, we can't get all of this gear out of the police station. So let's just jump to a universe where they didn't have it in the first place. So it sounds like poorly written time travel. Like, yeah. Every, every, yeah. Like just go to the universe where the MacGuffin is there. Kind of hmm. like the whole concept of being able to reality hop is cool. Cause like in combat is this cool thing where you can pull things into your reality that will uh <laughs> nice yeah you can pull things into reality like you can pull in cover you can pull up a new vantage point you could pull weapons in from different realities to like shift the field into your into your favor mm-hmm. but then when you have to rely on it as your narrative point it just kind of feels forced yeah in and, my opinion and it it definitely suffers from not completely making sense until you play the dlc and it kind of wraps up the entirety of the Bioshock 
story in like this nice uh bow yeah i guess i don't know i i remember playing that game and the remember i remember just being at the ending and being like what like what the fuck is going on what does all of this mean and then like i remember playing the the dlc and then getting to the end of the dlc and being like oh my god okay now i get the point of all of this doesn't the dlc bring you back to rapture uh yeah I don't know. It did thing differently. <laughs> I know it did get a lot of flack because it's definitely just more of a shooter than it was a Bioshock game. Yeah, right. It, the story of of the first game is is not just about like Rapture. It or is just m- mostly is a lot about Rapture, but it's also like about like this cool alternate future. But the, I feel like the story in Infinite is like. It, the story isn't really about the place anymore. It's like it's like you're saying they're trying to tell this like time travel story about alternate dimensions, and that's where it like that's where it suffers. It's, yeah, there's a bit of a divergence from like what your location was and what you're trying to do with the story. Like, yeah, they almost don't quite fit together. Hmm. Like, if it wasn't a Bioshock game, it'd be pretty cool. But I think it kind of didn't land as well with, you know, selling it as a Bioshock game. Yeah. I'm going to have to play them again soon. <laughs> yeah, Bioshock good. 1's in our hat. Um, all right, Derek, give us one that is not good. Uh, uh, man, I've been, like, going back and forth uh, about this. Like, trying to think, like, like Adam said, trying to think, like, a not good story. I think there's a couple of really obvious ones. I'm, I'm probably just not thinking of them or yeah, I haven't played them. Th- yeah, this is the problem. I have one I, big one. I, I, there, are two, there are two that I have in my mind that I know Jeff is going to say one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have one I'm going to say. <laughs> Do you want me to go first, Do you Derek? want to just go to that if we want to give Derek a second? Yeah, because I'm kind of curious now. Fucking as... Kingdom Hearts is the worst video. Oh, of course. <laughs> yep, there it is. See, that was, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's the problem, is those games are so bad that they just aren't in my brain anymore. Yeah, see... <laughs> I forgot played, about them. I played Kingdom Hearts 3 in 2019, and oh boy, they they put a bow on that piece of shit, for sure. <laughs> or did they? Oh, I don't uh... know, dude. They just keep adding all sorts of... Each game added another layer of nonsense, and none of it made sense individually, but when you put all this nonsense together with the nobodies and the heartless and the... There's like another form of like thing. I don't even remember. And then Roxas is is Sora's nobody, but if Sora has so the nobody is Don't the, even don't don't even don't don't a nobody like, is, is the empty shell of someone who loses their heart, but Sora gets his heart back. So how does both Sora and Roxas exist at the same time? I don't know. And Nobody then, knows, Jeff. And, and how do you take over the world? You Nord you boy. boy. <laughs> dude, dude, fucking Brian David Gilbert does an incredible video of him trying to explain yeah. the the Kingdom Hearts story. And it is stupid. Oh man. It's the most nonsense, dumb thing ever. And then on top of that, the gameplay of the third one was so boring and dumb that Huh. We're not talking about gameplay right now, Jeff. We're talking about the stories. I'm just so upset about Kingdom Hearts. I used to love that. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, and even Chain of Memories. I was a big fan as a kid. And then... And, 
because it's uh, kind of one of it's also things, the like, fact that they it's not just contained to like the to the numbered kingdom hearts games it's that every piece of kingdom hearts media that exists in the world whether it be like main game spin-off game random phone game dude phone game yeah the fact that each each instance of like tiny iterative kingdom hearts franchise media adds something to the story and they're like yeah this is canon there's important information in here you better fucking play this dumb mobile game because it's gonna add some context to the game that's part of the reason why it's so bad is because if the game was convoluted on its own that's one thing but the fact that it's like oh you need to have played all these eight different tiny otherwise disconnected pieces to even have a, a chance of understanding what is going on that's what makes it so dumb yeah, the that like chibi phone game, which I didn't know existed, is the key component to how Kingdom Hearts three and the Kingdom Hearts like <laughs> Xehanort story ends. It is the most important game, and I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, you see, that's just that's just poor execution on storytelling. Yes, <laughs> which is part of yeah. It's all fucking yeah. bad. Like, there, there's there's poor storytelling, and then there's poor execution of storytelling, and it's both. Yeah. Oh gosh. It uh, reminds me of when like you had a test in high school and like like half the points came from that one question that relied on you reading that one sentence from that one chapter the professor didn't tell you to read. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what do you mean you didn't know that? It was in the book. But yeah, you never mentioned it. So what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. Andrew, tell us tell us about oh. a bad video game story. Ooh. You see, I have a couple that I could talk oh. about. Worst one on the list. Uh, oof, that's which, a, is the, which is the worst one? one. Uh, I guess before I get to, I think the one I'm going to 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 attack. Uh, I will say the other game that I thought Jeff was going to bring up was Octopath Traveler. Uh, yeah, that's another one where it's like poor execution because each yeah. of the individual stories are are decent in their own right. It's just the game as a whole doesn't come together into anything. Exactly. So it makes almost all of those stories feel meaningless because you're gathering this party and then, uh, you know, they're not together for any other reason than you need to form a JRPG party. Yeah. Uh, and so that that kind of kind of feels bad. Uh, but the game I'm going to go with <clears throat> is Final Fantasy seven for bad. Yes. And oh. so so hear me out here. Oh, Jeff's going to fight you. Hear, yeah, hear me, hear me out. Let me, let me get. I'm just gonna sit back feel. and watch this. So, this is gonna be fun. So I think the original Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation One that released in 1996 or seven, seven, 1997. Mm-hmm. I think that the pieces that it puts down for its story are interesting, but ultimately the original game kind of it like failed to bring it together for me in a way that made sense and in a way that like didn't leave me in the similar in a similar way to kingdom hearts feel like i have to watch a video that explained what the hell i just played uh but once you have the information from that what final fantasy 7 remake is doing with the collective final fantasy 7 universe is turning it back around to be fucking great. <laughs> See, the thing is, 
I played that game when I was like 11 years old and I totally understood what was going on. And See, like I, I, I played I came it out, three years ago and I did not. I don't know, man. I came out the other side of playing that game and I was like, I understood everything that happened because I dissected that game. And there's a lot of like side characters you need to like you. You can entirely miss Lucrezia, who is uh, the mother of Sephiroth and Vincent's love interest. And like she tells you all this stuff about Hojo and Sephiroth and Vincent and how Vincent was part of the Turks like that entire thing is in that game. You just have to go to a certain spot and talk to this person to like get all the story content. So if and you I think just, that's part of the problem. See, I don't think that's part of the problem. I think that's I think it's the same thing as as Kingdom Hearts is that I feel no, like I didn't all... I didn't play the if I didn't cuz if I See, it's all it's something in that so main in... game though. But if it's not required for me to do and it's such an important and integral part of the collective narrative, then it then I don't think that that's a good thing. I I think it's great that you can get nuggets from games by exploring, but if it's such an important piece of it, then I don't think it should be tied to something that you can completely miss. But like I said, now that that remake is happening and what it's doing to bring together everything is is really really cool. But I think like specifically the original Final Fantasy VII doesn't do a good job of it. See, I, I disagree. I think you just I know, I know it too you hard. Disagree. <laughs> I think you just didn't you didn't play through it. I don't want to say you didn't play it correctly, because what's the correct way to play a video game? But there, there is just, no correct way to play a video game. There is just stuff in there that you didn't see that completes the story. And that's I don't think that makes it a bad story. I can I can get behind that's the argument insane. that's like if it it should have been I, part of like the main a bad, quest. A, a, a de- good to decent story that's been executed poorly is something that we have said already on this episode. So mm. if that's how you want to frame it, Jeff, then by all means, sure. But that's my, that's my case. That's my, that's my thing. Derek. Yep. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't think of one. That's oh okay. no. I say breath of the wild. I mean, I don't think any of us will disagree I, with that. I thought about saying breath of the wild, but I think kind of like, the tidbits of story there are actually like okay like i would argue i mean i would argue that it's it's a pretty decent zelda game zelda story i mean are are the are the zelda stories that groundbreaking not really some of them not really Um, (laughs) i think that's a discussion for another day yes uh but i think i did kindly come up with one age of Um, calamity however (laughs) That oh, time bad. travel bullshit. The game. Uh, the story for uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is pretty bad. That's what I've heard. Uh, it is incomplete. <laughs> uh, it is kind of random and jumps all over the place. Uh, there are some really good theming going on in the game um around like language and uh and so, like i don't know kojima knows how to how to like um he knows how to like hit themes correctly especially with his like the bigger themes of of the metal gear solid series um but this the the, the fifth game is such just as like an incomplete uh mess that it's one of those things where it feels like things just happen 
out of nowhere for no reason other than the fact that they need to happen before the game ends kind of thing. Um, and it just, the game just ends. Uh, and it like does it, you're, you're just like, what, what? Okay. This is the end of the game, I guess. Like I thought, I, I thought I was halfway through the game and I actually was fighting the last boss. Um, cool. and it's also one of those games where it feels like, he had to like the writing gets a little off the wire because it has to tie in to games that have already been made. <clears throat> so <clears throat> like one of the biggest twists and, and this is, a, I don't, do you guys care about spoilers for the yes. Metal Gear Solid nope. five games? I'll deafen myself. Give me a sec. <laughs> this is going to be another half hour later. <laughs> half hour later. Uh, no, uh, one of the biggest twists is that uh, you are not actually playing as the original big boss. Uh, so big boss is like the main character. Mm -hmm. He's, he's the original snake. You're actually playing another clone of him that uh, goes on to become the big boss in a different game. And so it, it like, basically he uses this game to like fill in a couple plot holes. So like, there's this big twist uh... that, so you know, the trailer, uh, you remember? Oh wait. Well, I did. I say I talked about the trailer on the um, on the podcast you weren't on. But in the original trailer, there's like a guy with bandages on his face, and he's like mm -hmm. talking. He's like, "Get up, get up!" And you're like, "Oh, who is that guy? I don't know who that guy is." If that guy was the real big boss, and you're the fake big boss. Uh oh. So that's hmm. that's it. All right. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, that would be you're thing. a bear the entire time. <laughs> and it's crazy. God damn it! <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So, why isn't it called Metal Bear Solid then? <laughs> uh, I feel like you could probably say almost all Metal Gear Solid stories are like bad in some way, but most of them are actually pretty good. Hmm. Uh, and also, Death Stranding is pretty good. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's yeah. all go through. If it appeases you, I have another game. No, that, I, that has it. It's it won't it won't rustle any of your jimmies. So okay, don't take too long. It's Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, it, because it, Mario games aren't known for their stories. Jimmies are rustled. But it's the mm -hmm. fact that it tries, and it does not make any sense. That is is what makes it bad. Why the fuck? Did they arrest Mario? Because <laughs> they think he made the graffiti. But it's so obvious to anybody with a brain that he didn't. So like, I mean, have hell? you seen the? Have you the, seen the pintas? Yeah, the size of their heads. I don't know yeah, if they have brains. A, I think they're, they're tree people. They have a court, so clearly, you know, like they have laws. <laughs> anyway, all right. Super Mario like... Sunshine is a narrative masterpiece. All right, let's go through one more round. Uh, Adam, give us one more, and if there's any like other ones you just want to say the name of real quick. Uh, I'm not going to go too far into like an honorable mentions list, but what I did want to bring up is you'll notice that the pattern I have here is I like things that uh, take different approaches to storytelling instead of just kind of shoving the story in your face, and I'm throwing Portal on the list. Because mm, yeah. it's a game where it's like it's yeah. it starts off as a puzzle game, and as far as you're aware, there is no story here. It's a puzzle game. Until you start seeing the little hints of it inside the puzzles, like, like my friend Dwayne gifted me this game like over a year ago now. Like, oh, I never played it. It's a puzzle game. Cool. And then like the first time it really hit me that something was 
like it's, this is more than just a puzzle game because you go into the wall and it's like don't trust it and all the graffiti is written on the wall like behind all the puzzle and i'm like wait what the fuck the first time you play that game and you don't know anything about that and you start to see like the cake is a lie and all that stuff it's just like what the fuck is happening like am i it's getting so, inceptioned here like it's this, so cool is this, is this not a puzzle game guys uh but yeah it just does something like for the for what it did it was very unique in fact like as far as you're aware there was no story like this is supposed to be a fun puzzle game and now all of a sudden there's narrative like like it's just like it's it's just a unique and kind of cool way to go about that and that's that's the kind of stuff that i really love like, like give me a story but don't just say bad guy you're the good guy go take care of it you know mm. like after sir those are fun but it's fun to see something that gets done differently and I think Portal is a shining example of how to do that. Cool. Uh, Derek? Uh, I really, really, really like Alan Wake. Huh. Okay. okay. Connected universe I, with, uh, with Control. Yeah, I think it might be the greatest horror story in a game of all time. O- over... Um... What's that game? And Resident Evil Four. Uh, Silent Hill Two. I've never played Silent Hill Tales. I've heard that the Silent Hill Two story is pretty incredible. Well, I think Alan Wake is better. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) no, it's just it's it's uh it's a well it's a very good story. Um, I don't typically like horror. Uh, and I think this was the first like piece of horror that I actually ever liked. Um, and yeah, it's just the game, the pacing of the game, I think is very, very good. Uh, it leaves you questioning and wondering, you know, the whole time you're going through. And then at the ending also, I think, is satisfying in the way that it's so unsatisfying because you have only have more questions about what's going on. And I, I like control. I, yeah, like control, but better than control. Oh, because uh, it makes sense. I don't know. I think it's a. It's just a better game all around. Uh, right. Yeah, I really like Alan Wake, and I think if you like horror games, you should play it. All right, Andrew. Well, maybe uh, maybe not the what I consider to be the the best story uh but it's still still very good but maybe the one on my list that i have talked about the least on this podcast uh and that is super paper mario hmm. uh huh. so a lot of people when talking about paper mario games always talk about the first one and thousand year door and rightfully so because those games are really really good uh but i think the super paper mario story is pretty special in that it is, uh, maybe more so than the other games, such a deep character study into two of the main characters uh, and kind of the narrative that unfolds between those two characters uh, is something that we hadn't seen up until that point in the Mario franchise itself and even within the Paper Mario games that preceded it. Um, And even some of the different worlds that you go to, finding out the individual narratives of those worlds are pretty cool like there's one world that you go to because you know the game 
plays like a regular Paper Mario or a Mario story in general, where it's like you have to collect the eight crystal hearts or whatever, mm. or the pure hearts, I think they're called. You know, it's just like collect the mystical items. Uh, and, but by the time you get to the to the sixth world, you real you know something is off, right? And so like there's something larger happening, and then you know in that world itself, it's like you actually see some of the consequences of and the stakes of the story you're playing through and that's something that we you don't often see in video games and super paper mario i've always thought was underrated it's kind of similar to what you were saying about bioshock infinite adam in that it is not what people wanted from a paper mario game but it's still a really good platformer and a really good story i think as a result um and I plan to replay it eventually at some point. I don't think I ever beat it. Yeah. I remember being, I remember liking that game a lot. That was fun. I did, yeah. I love Super Paper Mario. Solid. But uh, the other ones I had on my list that I will mention right, right quick is Xenoblade Chronicles 1. Obviously, I think all the Xeno games are, <laughs> are pretty great. Um, Life is Strange, I really enjoyed. I think that's one of the few games that you're that has actual meaningful choice. Uh, that changes outcomes and, and such like that. And then Horizon Zero Dawn is just one of the most creative and unique kind of stories and worlds in games. Mm. I'm playing that at some point this year before yeah. the sequel comes out. Cool. Uh, a couple honorable mentions for me. Celeste, uh, we've talked about it to death on this show. The the What it does for like mental health or storytelling in regards to mental health and then how it incorporates the gameplay into that storytelling is super cool, super well done. Uh, the other honor- honorable mention I have is The World Ends With You, which I'm just going to leave it at that because we're going to be playing that sometime soon. I don't yeah. want to... Uh, I'm excited to go back and revisit it uh, and also watch the anime, which I think starts in like a week or something like that. Wait, really? really? Yeah. Um, Off Limits. Yeah, don't watch the anime until after you play the game, guys. Yeah, fine. Uh, but it, it does some cool things, takes some twists and turns, and it's very well done. And also, I forgot how banging of a uh, soundtrack that game has. It's really cool. Uh, but the last one I wanted to talk about is 2018 God of War. Oh, good I one. think uh, yeah. that game does a really good <laughs> job doing the, the hero's journey for an old man who can still kick some ass, who's like... <laughs> who's fucking killed gods and he's just old and tired and has this shithole son. And he's just like, he just loves his wife. <laughs> I don't know. It was just so well told. <laughs> and like the, the cinematography of it too enhances the storytelling and adds a lot of emphasis and like power to the combat uh, scenarios. And also, uh, really gets you in close mm. when you're like talking to characters about like personal things or like uh, yeah. anytime Atreus and Kratos are talking about uh, Atreus's mother it's like the camera kind of comes in and it's like I don't know just feels softer and then the stuff it does towards the end uh, like yeah. the the when you go back to the house at the end that that teaser that sets up the next game is just so like holy shit and then all the stuff with atreus at the end of the game you guys all know what i'm talking about um, not adam not adam but i'm i'm vaguely aware but yeah, yeah. i'm i'm excited oh. to see especially coming like what the god of war franchise was and then what this game turned it into uh and how it took that left turn and became a more 
serious and less just less of like a I kill everything and fuck everything and more of like a, an actual tale about people and like living in this world and consequences for your previous actions. Um, I kind of like to equate it in my mind to like the X-Men films versus Logan. That's a good mm. comparison. I think, yeah, I think that, uh, I think Darryl? you shut up. I think the God of War trilogy has a better story than the X-Men films. Okay. No, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the same Derek. idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, I meant like the, the jump between the theme, you know? Yeah. I thought you were about to shit on Logan. And I, was about to, <laughs> I thought I you were about, about to shit on Logan too. I was, I was about, about to throw shit hands. on you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to compare the X-Men films to God of War. I'm saying, like, the original God of War trilogy to the new God of War is similar to, like, the previous Wolverine films going to Logan. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. I think it's a good comparison. Uh, God of War 2, whenever that ends up coming out, yeah, I think is the game I'm looking be forward to the most because of its story. Like, I'm looking forward to Project Triangle Strategy for gameplay. I'm looking forward to Breath of the Wild 2 for gameplay. I'm looking forward to God of War 2 for gameplay and also the continuation of the story of Kratos. Yeah. So. I can't wait until you get to throw, uh, use Thor's hammer as a weapon. Because you are 100% going yeah. to kill Thor and get and his hammer his... as a weapon. There's I don't no... think Kratos will be worthy. What if that's that's Atreus will be worthy? That's going to be the twist. Uh, and you dude, play as Atreus. I can't. I can't wait. Ooh, mm, that'd be interesting. Like you didn't even play as Kratos at all. No, you're gonna play as Kratos, and then Atreus is gonna get the hammer. Okay, I can see that too. All right, boys. Well, that's that. Proud of all of us. That's pretty. I like that conversation. That yeah, was uh, good. I had a lot I'm of excited... good points. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to play the world ends with you. I think that game is real fun. Well, um, the sooner we I... all beat Kotor. Yeah, I'm really I... excited for you guys to play Death Stranding. Dude, also in I, our I was gonna say. Um, all right. However, it's forty hours. <laughs> yeah, it's not that long. That's not that bad. Um, yeah, it's forty hours of walking. <laughs> packages <laughs> delivering a pizza. Um, all right, let's do some trivia. Let's do all it. Right. Let's. So, the theme for this trivia is called "Name the Character," and I came up with very brief. Uh, simple cinnamons de- descriptions of video game characters. These are all like lead characters in their games, and you just gotta tell me who the character is. So if I said plumber with red hat, Luigi, uh, yeah, oh. exactly, it's yeah. Luigi. You would have gotten a point. <laughs> uh, all right, so here we go. Number one, a bear. With a bird in his backpack. Luigi! <laughs> Alright, well, that's one point for Andrew. <laughs> yes! Uh, Adam, do you know who this is? The Banjo and Kazooie. Derek? Banjo and Kazooie. Andrew? Well, the bear is Banjo. Yes. What did you just call me? Andrew? Oh, I thought you screwed up my name and said, like, Andrew. No, he laughed. No, I, I was laughing because Derek, yeah, Derek is being a fucking idiot. Banjo and Kazooie is correct. Or just Banjo, I guess, technically the way I wrote it. Question number two. Or riddle number two? Number two. A seven-foot-tall, 1,000-pound super soldier. Seven-foot-tall, 1,000-pound super Soldier. Andrew, you're pounds. you're gonna go first on this one. Halo Master Chief. Adam? Ma- yeah, Master Chief? Derek? Is he is he that heavy? 
Master Chief Petty Officer John 117. Uh, Derek gets a bonus point. <laughs> Derek is more right. <laughs> Sierra Isn't he really that tall and that heavy? Yeah, Master Chief is seven feet tall, and uh, with the Mjolnir armor, it's a thousand pounds. Okay, with the armor, I can see what seven feet really. He's seven. Feet I tall. knew he was yeah. seven feet. I did not. I I've learned new information tonight. Absolutely right. yeah. dwarfed by vampire lady. Steroids. <laughs> Question oh or number three: a zombie ninja specter. A zombie ninja specter. I'm sorry, what? The <laughs> zombie uh-huh. ninja yeah. specter. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to have Derek go first on this one. Derek, do you know who this is? Uh, yes or no? Ryu from Ninja Gaiden. Andrew? Uh, 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 Mm, uh, Ra- um, Raiden from Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance. Adam? Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, that is that is Scorpion <laughs> of, of the Mortal Kombat series. Uh, Scorpion, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. Adam might... I think Adam could get a point for making the best joke in the history of the podcast. Uh, all right. <laughs> That was like the best fucking comedic timing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Number- thank you. I, I occasionally am funny. Number three, a hair witch. Oh, yeah, I thought we were on four. Four. Number four, yeah. a hair witch. Ah. Uh. A hair witch. Adam? Bayonetta? Derek? Bayonetta. Andrew? Lola Bunny. Bayonetta. Yes, it is Bayonetta. All right. <laughs> You all have three points. Oh, Going gosh. into the last one. A pizza with a missing slice. A pizza with a missing slice. Uh, we're going to go to Derek first on this one. Pac-Man. Andrew? Pac-Man. Adam? Pac-Man. It is Pac-Man. You all got a point. So it's tied four to four to four. Uh, oh, and, and this is the one... Where I didn't make a tiebreaker, so I gotta get oh. a tiebreaker real, real quick. <laughs> you should have saved uh, Scorpion for the last one because that was like I thought that, that one was, was easy. Bigger. Really? Yeah. Nah, I didn't know he was. Nah, dude. Undead. Uh, zombie <laughs> Ninja Specter. Uh, I don't know anything about. Yeah, like, that uh, could have that could have applied to a few different that. things. That I combination. Guess, uh, of... I don't know. I, I thought it was common knowledge that the uh, that Scorpion was an undead. Nope, not, not I, didn't, I didn't know you could be a ghost and a zombie. Yeah, you can when you're Scorpion. Uh, all right, tiebreaker question. Give me the month and year that Pac-Man was released. Ooh. Adam, you're going to go first. This is just a total wild guess. April 1984. Derek? Uh, I also said April. <laughs> 1986. Uh, Andrew? Uh, March 1983. Andrew wins. It is uh, May 1980. Oh, wow. Oh, that Pac-Man, early? Pac-Man is very, very old. All right. You sure, you sure I don't get a pity point for making people laugh? No. You, do, you get a pity point, but those aren't worth much these days. I'll take the pity point. Due to inflation, right. pity points are worth 50 cents. 
50 all right guys uh, 50 more cents than i had that that i guess that brings us to the end of this episode of the game shark podcast be sure to check out our instagram game sharks podcast you can check out our website thegamesharks.com where you can check out my review of the medium uh what, what do we got coming up soon i'm playing not hit man bravely default for review Derek said something about his top five games of 2020 going up. That eventually. was like three weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, keep your eyes peeled for thegamesharks.com. You can send us an email at gamesharkspodcast at yahoo.com. Send us any questions you have. What's your favorite video game story of all time? What is the worst video game story of all time? And why is it Kingdom Hearts? And why is it Kingdom Hearts? Is Mithra and Pyra the, the best character in Smash? Hungrybox thinks so. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right, guys. With that, we are finished.